I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When the burgers come in, we take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. for burgers. We're so easy. We're so easy. And sweet ex-burgers. Kidding. I was like, you're not kidding. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Eavesdrop Podcast. My name is Francesca. You've got Jelly here. And this is Delamar. Hello, you guys. We are back. All right. So uh, it's a special episode because we're going to release it really early. We usually yes. pre-record stuff and then it gets aired like maybe a week later. We weren't even supposed to have a recording today, but because <coughs> of recent events, we felt like it's necessary for us to get together and talk about this. Right. Okay. So it's Sunday, um, just about a week after uh, some tragic news happened. Um Rock the whole world. Absolutely. I felt like we all felt that we had to talk about it. But of course, I mean, we only have Jude Racha as the our expert. <laughs> expert in all things basketball. Um, because uh, Del, Jelly, and myself were not that big of fans. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like we, we, we felt that we needed to get two people in here to talk about everything there's just a multitude of layers about what happened that need to be discussed yes and uh, mm. of course when you talk about this person our guests would be the first ones to come to mm. mind because they are famed fans <laughs> of this guy we're talking about espn philippine sportscaster we've got gino rufino right here hi gino good morning hey, morning morning and another equally big massive fan nico ramos hi good morning good morning how Thanks are you guys doing oh <laughs> okay okay <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah they don't know yet. They they Weird. we're gonna see. We're gonna ask them how they processed it. Of course, we're talking about the death of Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and the seven other people uh, that died in that helicopter crash in Calabasas. Accident. Um, I remember it was so early in the morning, Monday morning, <clears throat> Monday morning, Sunday afternoon in in LA, and I, you know, obviously you, you wake up and then you go on Twitter, and then you see this news, and I he, I see a tweet that says no. And then it has a link to an article about the helicopter crash and with Kobe in it. And I said, what? And my immediate reaction was like, this has to be like fake, fake news. news. True. Yeah. Super fake. Like, no. And then I, I do what, you know, every responsible broadcaster would do. And I click the link and then I look for other links. Yeah. And true enough. And I was in like disbelief. 
So how about you, Gino? Like when you, yeah. where were you and what were you doing uh, when you found out? Well, I was in bed, like probably majority <coughs> of the Philippines. It was like a.m., 5, 4 a.m. Yeah, so I, I think it was around 7 a.m. when I saw the first um, message. And I thought it was, actually it was, it was a thread that said, um, and th- the night before, LeBron had passed Kobe in, mm. in total points. Right. So the initial thought in my head was it was some crazy LeBron fan just <laughs> yeah saying that being bitter yeah so no, well yeah just just saying that Kobe's done and and uh, LeBron had passed him so I didn't mind it at first kind of went back to bed and then my phone just kept on going on and on and on and on and on and then I looked at it again and I'm like wait this is not just a, this is not a joke so I, I clicked at it and I saw it and I still couldn't believe it so I was in bed for maybe a good another another maybe three hours without moving maybe even more right just looking oh, and wow. just, just you know, just trying to understand yeah. if it was real or mm-hmm. not, and just hoping it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, one of the, I, you know, I, I started messaging uh, some friends. I'm like, yo, this, this, is this legit? And they're like, we should ask you. <laughs> what, yeah. what are you talking about? I just didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I just, it was such. Even today, uh, you're still with it. the with the first game done yesterday and mm-hmm. the tributes from the Lakers and. Um, it was just very, it's still something that's, you're still absorbing. Yeah. You know, and it, this, this guy was, um, I think Nico, you can, uh, you can attest to this, was a big chunk of our lives. Right. Whether professional, maybe, maybe even to a certain extent personal. The, the, the you, first have a, you have a tattoo of, of his yes. final game. <laughs> we're going to ask you, we're gonna ask you about that that tattoo. that tattoo, yeah, which Kobe no, said was fr- stupid, the, right? The, when I, I remember years ago, years ago, me and me and my friends used to do like this, you know, very homemade mom and pop t-shirt business and we would give Gino a bunch of a bunch of shirts <laughs> it was copyright infringements um, <laughs> by definition yeah. uh, we would print NBA players faces on it and stuff like that and Gino at the time was working for BTV so you know we wanted him to you know to wear it you know on TV mm-hmm. and stuff like that we went into <laughs> Gino invited us into his home um, and then you know, he was staying at this condo at the time, and I swear to you, it doubled as a Kobe shrine. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah. yeah, this and this was what, like maybe seven years ago? Dude, it was more than that. Yeah, wow. maybe more than that when we, when, we, when we first started really being friends. And I remember I, I was I was in there, I was at his house, and I was like, like, did, did a TV show come here? Like, <laughs> did you put this together? Because someone shot it, and he's like, no, it's just my house, man. This <laughs> is how it is, naturally. And I was like, dude, you got problems, man. But yeah. it's yeah. the same problems as me. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, he's, he's right. It's such a big personal part of us. I found out uh, I was asleep. Didn't you just tweet something about prior? Yeah. That's the, that's the crazy thing. So um, the last thing I thought about before I fell asleep was... I, I was on Twitter and, I, and someone was posting this. Someone had posted this video of Zayn Malik and Harry Styles mm-hmm. from their X Factor days. Audition. Yeah, and you know there were this big group and they were all dancing and they they they, could, they looked they terrible. Not, me and Gino could probably do a better <laughs> job. Dancing. We don't dance, um, but they were so bad at it. And I, I, I tweeted. I was like. In his rookie year, Kobe Bryant airballed four shots right. in an elimination playoff game against Utah. This is that exact same energy, you know, yeah. starting mm-hmm. out, you're struggling, but eventually figure it out. Yeah. I tweeted that went to bed. Yeah. Um, 
the day before that, I didn't even realize it until later on. The day before that, my my grandmother's sister-in-law had passed away, but she was very near and dear to our family. So, you know, I posted a, an old family photo of us. Mm. And, you know, she had the Lola haircut. I don't know at <laughs> what age Lolas get told that they have to cut their hair short. <laughs> but she had it at that time. And in my description of the photo, I was like, you know, my, my Wawa had passed away. That's her in the photo with a Kobe afro. Oh, oh wow. Um, because she had a perm. So that was the last thing I'd posted on Instagram too. And then I think it was 4, 4.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and my phone rings and, and it's my girlfriend, it's Bea. And immediately I panic. I'm like, oh my God, what did I forget? Mm. Was I supposed to wake her oh, up? Oh, you're panicking because she's calling you. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Did I, what did I do? Yeah, and what did the, I miss? Did I forget I mean, my boyfriend duties? And I mean, Adele, you know, you, you, you know, you know Bea well. Um, Mm. She was calling me and I was like, I didn't pick up at first because I mean, I mean, G and Jude, you guys know this, right? You know this, like, wait, why is she calling? Yeah. She's let gonna me, have let questions. Let me figure this out first. Guilty Where was I? What was I doing? I gotta have answers. I was like, I probably didn't message goodnight. I was like, does she have to be somewhere at work super early? And did I promise to wake her up? Or bring her. I was like, here's what's worse. Do I have to drive her? Did I say that? So, you know, so eventually I give up, right? So I I pick up and I was like, what's wrong? You know, is everything okay? And she said, you have to be calm. Um, oh you know, she asked me, are you sitting down? And I was like, yeah. In my head, I was like, yeah, but they come up. I fell down. asleep sitting down. <laughs> And she was like, you know, you need to calm down. Um, I want you to, you know, she said, you know, it was such a great thought by her. She said, I want you to hear it from me. Oh. I don't want you to see it, you know, just on the internet. And I said, what is it? What happened? And she said, um, Kobe Bryant's dead. She said those words. And like, as I say it right <clears throat> now, like, it just doesn't feel, <laughs> it feels like it's wrong grammar. You know, you, you know, you put no. together some yeah. words and it yep. feels, it's so unnatural to come out your mouth. Like yeah. it's bad grammar. Yeah. She said yeah. she said that and I'd never obviously never heard those words together in that sequence. And mm-hmm. I think for the like the next ten minutes all I could answer back to her, whatever she said, whatever she asked, and she was giving me the details. I think all I kept saying was no. Um I don't necessarily remember the end of that phone call. I might have hung up on her. If so, I apologize. <laughs> um but but yeah, you know, and then I got on Twitter and uh yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I don't. I don't think I believe it now. But yeah, I think I went the next few days waiting for the tweet to come that he had that, jumped out the helicopter and he's right. fine. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, disbelief. Yeah, I well, think I think that's very common. I, it was a common thing that mm. even if you ask ev- anybody in your circle, the word was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it can't happen. And what strikes me as uh, very out of the ordinary is that anybody who heard the news, basketball fan or not, Mm-mm. felt it was unbelievable. True. And I, I, a week later, I'm still grappling with why his death has affected everybody. Because I understand the basketball community, obviously, mm-hmm. Deba, mm-hmm. and as great as he was, but how it affected the common people 
Like I, I don't even. I'm not into, into basketball. Yeah. But I remember when when I when I woke up and I saw, I, I said, no. Mm-hmm. And then my son, my eldest son, said, "What's wrong, mom?" I said, "No, nothing." And then I kept seeing seeing the same thing that he had been killed in a in a helicopter crash, and I was like, even me, like no. I wonder why it's unbelievable to people because even now it's been a, almost a week mm-hmm. and still people cannot believe it. Yeah. Why I, do you think that is? Oh yeah. You guys I have thoughts, but go. Uh, <clears throat> I think because people thought of him as being indestructible mm. and well, yeah. he was, I mean, he's 41. We're, we were born the same year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he was just starting this new chapter in his life. Yeah. You know, he saw him, you know, you, you saw his transition from his early days playing basketball, being that brash rookie yeah. who thought yeah. that he, would, he could uh, be Michael Jordan mm-hmm. to being the killer that he was in the middle of his career to becoming the yeah. mentor that he was towards the end of his career. I mean, he opened himself up to other players Right. to the media he was sharing more of himself in the last two couple of years of his life the other side of right. than than he ever did in the first maybe 18 years mm. and then yeah. after he retired you saw what kind of father that he was yeah. and you're like well yeah. this guy yeah. is something else yeah and i think you know seeing all of that the the arc of of kobe as a as a human being not just as a player but as a yeah. human being it made you think like, well, okay, so this guy was indestructible as a basketball player, as a professional. And he's just starting this stage of his life. He's going to be just as good being a father, being a family man. He's going to achieve it. And all of a sudden, all of that is taken away in an instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, maybe that's, that's why it was just so difficult to, to grasp that, wait, he, he can't be gone. He's mm-hmm. just starting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think the the manner, obviously, in yeah. which he passed, yeah. you know, the, 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 just the tragedy um, of it, the fact that his, you know, his daughter um, yeah. was, you know, in the accident uh, with him. You know, I, I, I think that whether fair or unfair, a lot of the time we talk about Kobe because of the great man that, that you know, that he was. Um, I feel like people don't talk enough about, you know, obviously Gigi. Mm-hmm. We lost a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're Kobe Bryant's daughter or not. Right. 13 is just, it's just an unreasonable age um, to, to, to pass away. Um, I find that to be, like, the most difficult part of, <clears throat> of all of this. You know, anytime anyone brings her up in the discussion, and, you know, I've had a few conversations about Kobe now where I've had to pretend to be a professional about it but the Gigi part I kind of skirt around because it's just so tough and I think that's added to how unbelievable it is um the Altier question but also I I I think just you know stepping back and taking a look at a macro perspective the great athletes um in our lifetimes they're old they grow old right you know the 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 crazy coincidence is that jeans i'm sure you saw this like the the day before some random twitter account day before kobe's passing yeah. some random twitter account goes and says it's crazy how only two nba mvps have passed away they've been giving the award out since 1956 yeah. so outside mm. of will chamberlain moses malone every other nba mvp and almost every other nba great 
is you, alive and kicking. Is alive and is present. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bill Russell mm-hmm. is like with a w- with a cane Same. handing out the Finals MVP award every year. Jordan owns a team. Mm-mm. You know, Larry Bird still there. Magic survived yeah. HIV. You know, these mm-hmm. you go yeah. baseball. You, you go, um, you know, NFL. The greats are there. You don't expect them to. We've never dealt with it. You know, we've never experienced right. losing, you know, a great athlete like that, especially not at 41. True. That's true. Right. What's your take, Mon, on the no, unbelievability? Because, like, he was this larger than life personality Mm. and then um that tribute that was narrated by michael jordan that that i michael b jordan that i i watched before the tribute before the game yesterday he said you know you're you're asking that question to yourself why are you crying why why are thousands of people crying over a man that they did not know they did Mm -hmm. not meet maybe Mm -hmm. they were not a fan of yet it's touching them and you're you're shedding tears and you're mourning with the world and it's because he represented like every man, you know, the, the, the arc, like Gino said, of his life, um, the different layers of Kobe Bryant, like you can connect to that in some way. Like I mourn because he was a family man, mm. you know, and I see the tributes and the tributes with Vanessa and his girls. And it just I'm just like bawling. I lose it like, you know, but then I can also say. I, I can also empathize and mourn with the people who see him as this amazing basketball star player. And the inspiration mm-hmm. that he and inspired. He, he inspired people. To you be know? better, to be great at whatever it is that they choose to do. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm just like you. I was like, why am I crying? Like, I'm crying constantly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I felt, do I deserve to cry? I wasn't a fan. But I'm like... Uh, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Because he resonates. Parts of him resonate with me so much, you know? On on my part, when it all happened, I felt like, do I even have the right to post about him and all of his photos and all the quotes about Because I'm not really a massive fan of the guy, but I'm not as with him as a basketball player. No. But I would say I am a fan of his work ethic. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of the kind of inspiration he ignites in people and wanting to be better and to be passionate. You know, I, I'm a fan of that. So I felt like for that reason, I'm o- it's okay for me to post because that I can relate to. His basketball career, not so much. But every mm-hmm. every other aspect of him, especially with him as a dad, I was like, okay, I can post. I'm allowed to post. I'm allowed to mourn his loss. What about you, Jude? Like, what's your take on why it Here's affects Jude so again. many people? Trying to avoid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I need podcast. to ask because I'm, I'm baffled. Mm-hmm. And I even had to ask my husband, like, day three. I was like, babe, because he hasn't, you know, Tyler loves basketball, right? Mm. And I would have expected him to be on his computer watching everything that was happening. And he wasn't. He really wasn't. Why? And so it struck me. Yeah, exactly. So I, I asked him, like, why am I affected, babe? And he said, I haven't watched anything. And I said, why? And he said, I don't know, but I'll answer your question as to why it affects. I think it affects people. It's because this man, like, like what Gino said and, and Nico, he was, he was indestructible. And if he is, he could die like that. 
anybody who's watching his story mm-hmm. will immediately latch onto how long do I have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just said goodbye to his wife and his three other daughters to bring his other daughter to a game. Mm-hmm. And if this man who's healthy, who's fit, who's who was ready to take on the next chapter of his life, and if he can just die just like that, it reminds us all of our limited time. Mm-hmm. And I think that it came out in the speeches of the, the talk show hosts. Ellen said the same thing, you know, hug everybody tightly around you because it really kind of in one event tells us how life is so random. Mm-hmm. Like it's an, I feel like an emotional whiplash. Mm-hmm. One day he's there, next day he's not. Wait, I can't. This is night and day. And it, I had to wonder, like, Dell, just like Fran and Jelly, dude, you're not a basketball fan. You know his name. You've heard of him. You've heard from people around you what made him great. But you, you, you didn't really follow him. Mm-mm. And yet you can feel this way. So it's something universal in all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that fragility of life, yeah. no matter how fit you are how rich you are, how prepared you are, because he was all that. He had money. He had skill. He won an Oscar. He spoke so many languages. Mm -hmm. Just like that, it gets snuffed out with no rhyme, no reason. And with his daughter, how is this possible? And I think, I tend to think that's true, that it reminded us of how quickly life can disappear, no matter how great you are. And we're not even, and we're not even close to how great this man is, right? (laughs) We're nothing. In, in terms of what he's done with his skill and his effect in the world, um, I think it's that because I can't explain it. Jude. What about you, Jude? I found out from you guys because you shared it in the, the group uh, the chat Viper that group, morning. Yeah. So I was up and I was looking forward to sleeping in on mm. a Monday as I normally do because <laughs> it's my day off. <laughs> and I couldn't because once you go down and find out whatever the links you shared mm-hmm. f- uh, in, in, on Viber, finding out initially that it was Kobe and then Gianna Mm-mm. and we all have daughters. Mm-hmm. So, and have you've seen the videos so much about oh my God, how yes. together they are, how she's being mm-hmm. brought in as, mm-hmm. as, as this basketball player. She's got all daughters and it was her and some other people that, Pretty much, well, I told you guys, I, I felt gutted because as yeah. a father myself and I, I have my own daughter, it just took it to a level wherein, oh my God, it, it happened. I mean, it, it's unfathomable up until yeah. now to realize that in, in one fell swoop, mm-hmm. nothing. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. So He's gone. Yeah, th- those were the initial thoughts. And then I was up already, and I guess I, I don't know if I said anything else Mm-mm. in the group no, chat. No, that's it. No, no, no. Just no, got no. it, yeah. yeah. And that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just trying to keep track of what was going on. And maybe uh-huh. a little bit, part of me <clears throat> hoped that it was not, not true. Not right. true. I think, Jelly, yeah, later in the so day, you were still thinking, was, you know what? I was still what? messaging, asking, hey, guys, is there even a possibility that he could have survived? Like, you know, um, it's a, a helicopter crash. Could it be possible that when they were noticing that there are already he problems, out. he could have jumped out with his daughters? But imagine that because he is a superhero in everybody's eyes. That that situation is 
Byron, you will think that's remotely possible. Well, for me, I, I, I feel like him, you know, not to be morbid about it, but mm -hmm. I feel like him jumping out of a helicopter, spiraling out of control, <laughs> his daughter in hand, landing on mm -hmm. a tree, Tarzan right? swinging yep. himself to safety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is still oh my God. even knowing what yeah. I know, that still sounds more possible yep. to me. Yeah, than Absolutely. than him passing away. Yeah. True, and I'm like, yep. you know, just you know, he he could have he could have jumped out, floated. If if a news report came out, like you know. We've, it would be believable We've just to found you. out that Kobe Bryant's alive because he jumped out the helicopter and then went to Mars <laughs> for a few days. <laughs> if Kobe can jump over a speeding car, right. he right. can jump out of a freaking helicopter right. and save everybody. Else. True. And my reaction to that would have been, cool. 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 Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, of course. It's Kobe. Just another day in Mambala. Right. You know, and, and, and I think also, you know, maybe, I guess, uh, I've, I've been trying to contextualize it, but maybe something that Jude said was, you know, we saw all these videos of Gigi and Kobe and, and you know, I, I like yeah. I, I, I don't have a, I don't have a daughter one day. I hope I'm blessed enough that mm -hmm. I do. Um, but I feel like the reason it impacts us so much is correct me if I'm wrong. He's really, truly the first superstar global icon to pass in the Twitter Instagram era where you in their life you've just been bombarded with yeah. videos and images of them mm -hmm. and in their death yeah. it feels like you're just getting buried by all these mm -hmm. every video is touching every yeah. photo just makes you want to cry he gave um, us a glimpse of his life outside of basketball right uh, you know I, I remember when you know when princess diana died i i saw the same photo of, mm. of the same three photos of princess diana yeah, over and over over and over yeah. again um with you know with kobe outside of outside of basketball highlights completely remove that there's there's him yeah. hugging gianna at age one yeah there's him fist bumping gianna at his yeah. last game and it's like helping her shoot a ball yeah and and, and you know and I, and I feel like this is this is the first time we're all experiencing something like this from a media standpoint mm -hmm. absolutely I, I think uh, the, there was a was it Scotty Pippen who was talking and he he did say we were in the middle of a shake and he likened his uh, Kobe Bryant's death like Princess Diana and Michael Jackson, because he did say that these people came into our lives very young. Right. Michael Jackson was six. Lady Diana was 19. Kobe was 17. Mm -hmm. And so for all intents and purposes, these lives played out. Mm -hmm. So our like eyes. in our, yeah, in front of us, they grew up and all the things that they battled with, not just fame, but being hounded or being adored and to have that, to have them just taken away in a split second. It's like your, your heart can't catch up, but your mind already knows, mm -hmm. but your mind's also saying, no, no, this can't be true. Like Jelly said, no, no, no. It's not to confirm behind him and he, he escaped <laughs> It's the unbelievability that these people would die without being, well, see, Michael, he was already 51, but the, but Diana was 36. Uh, Kobe is, was 41 when he died and we hadn't seen them really age. Right. Like time take away, you know, the, the who they are as human being in deep, it hasn't started to fade. And so, he said we were in the middle of a shake. And I, I thought to myself, yeah, it feels like it. It feels people are shook with the death. Because other athletes have died, other celebrities have died. But I've, 
I haven't seen many of this kind of reaction that yeah. we have with him. Wait, Gina, you were about oh. to say something? Oh yeah, no. The, going back to the social media part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's it's. I think that is a great point that Nico made because it's. I mean, it's a new video after new video after new image yeah. over and over and over again, and he was kind of like the guy that crossed between the pre-social media Correct. and towards the end of his career or the latter part of his career, the social media generation, because mm-hmm. like Prince passed away. Yeah in the well social media already but mm-hmm. during his the peak or of prime career uh prince mm-hmm. there wasn't social media and so, he wasn't on it yeah. and he, he wasn't, wasn't on, on it right mm-hmm. so it was yeah. there's there's definitely a correlation with how readily available all this information is in front of us and it, it's almost like you can't get away from it because you're looking yeah at, at all of these videos and photos partly to to ease your own pain. I, I know I, that's why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. To, to listen to the, the tributes, to watch the videos, and I go, oh, okay, it makes me feel a little bit better that there's so many people that's feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that whole mindset that you've, you're, that's why you're watching it, that's pr- almost why people always find other stuff to, uh, to put, to, put to, to upload on social media because it, they think that it's, it's, it's helping them and in, in a way it's also helping other people. Yeah. Uh, everything's just really out there. It's exposed, so everybody is just, you know, they can see everything. They can consume everything. Um, okay, so while we're in social media topic, and because you guys are seasoned, you know, sportscasters, broadcasters, I want to know how you feel because um, as this news was breaking, there were a lot of different aspects to it. Okay, one, first, I'm going to ask you guys, did you hear the slip up? Of a newscaster. Oh, the LA <laughs> niggas. Yeah. She said the N word yeah. in a slip up. Okay, so what's your take on that? Because she got bashed and she said, no, I wanted to say Nickers. She wanted to say Nicks, yeah. Nicks. Yeah. And it came out <laughs> the N word. Mm. Yeah. And because <laughs> it was. A <laughs> It was a fast reporting. She was like talking, yeah. nah, 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 and then she slipped. So what was she? She on the scene or no? She, she, was, she was in, in studio. She was in live. studio. Yeah, she was talking over a video package, and she said, you know, "The passing of she wanted. She was supposed to say Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers. When she said Los Angeles, for some reason, mm-hmm. she thought of the Knicks of New Maybe York. She's a Knicks fan. Uh, Is she a Knicks fan? I don't know. I don't I don't know. know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it came out sounding like she said the Los Angeles N words, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. with a G, because I heard I listened to it twice, thrice. I'm like, oh, I we mean that's. I don't think she meant it right. at all. I think. Yeah. I mean, I've believe me, I've been. Um, Broadcasting for a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I don't want to say how long. Um, and I've had many, 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 many. Right? many. I can't it's even like, count. Right. I can't even count how many slip ups I have. I, I probably have one every every day almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's normal. Yeah. Obviously, in a touchy situation with a touchy word, mm-hmm. people are going to pounce in it. And again, with the readily how social media really puts everything in your so, face. Yes. It's going to be. Of course, you're gonna get. She you're got slammed kind of, for it. Yeah, so bad. It's, I don't think she meant it. Right. I, I I don't think she meant <laughs> that the people, the basketball players who play for the Los Angeles team are n words. <laughs> I I will say this though, and you know I agree with you. I I slip up. I mm-hmm. I used to do radio. Um, I'm not sure if like you guys curse on here, but 
my biggest thing um, on radio was sometimes the occasional shit would slip <laughs> out. Um, but I will say this. That's because I say the word shit a lot off air. Yeah. You're not going to slip and say a word you don't use. Yeah. <laughs> So that was um, my thought. While I don't, <laughs> I'm in no position to say whether or not she's a racist. I don't know this woman personally, Correct. Correct. but that's someone who uses that word because <laughs> like a, a word you don't use isn't going to come out when you mean to say Laker. True. True. Right. Well, or yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, I guess in your subconscious, it's yeah. somewhere there, right? <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's conceivable that she just mixed up some words. Is it? I don't no. know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I just, I just like to think the best of people. Yes. I, don't, I, I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, I, I wouldn't like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh it's a little, I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. That, that, the, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's something that she would be intentionally saying. One, you, that's career suicide. True. But, but also, I, I don't know. This is really crazy. Like I told you a couple of episodes back. Whenever I see jet lag, remember that conversation we had? Mm. Sorry, guys. I have to refresh. Whenever I see the word jet lag, I have to stop. Because there are some words as a broadcaster that I'm scared to say and I have no idea why. The brain just doesn't work. Mm. But I remember when I see jet lag, I'm so scared. I'll say betlog. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, for real. And, and it's, it's insane because I don't even use the word betlog. I, I don't. But I'm so scared that I might, because it sounds a lot like jet lag to me. Mm-mm-mm. And so, I mean, people have quirks. For me, her that slip up, uh-uh. very unfortunate, but it's, for me, Walaya, that's air. I don't think she meant it. Maybe she was scared. Yeah, but she's still she felt the going pressure. to possibly lose her job for it. Really? Yeah. And, oh. and, and the moment, the, the, the gravity of the moment. Yeah. She, here she is reporting the death of a basketball great. And mm-hmm. and she's probably feeling exactly what Gina was feeling. Everybody in that room and here was feeling, which was, you know, she, she hadn't really grasped Shock. it yet. Mm-hmm. Shock. She was shocked. My, my beef with the reporting was that there were names that were given. One, that they had given the name of Kobe without having... Mm. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. It, it should have been... It should have gone through the process of the the relative should have known first but tmz like they always do jump the gun the news and first. said the name and then they also said another name right Kaninong name um I yeah forget. they said rick fox was was yeah. in the chopper yeah yeah they, they, that's what they said and so he also was bombarded with phone calls and then they were all saying you're alive you're alive and he didn't get it like why i'm alive and then he got the he got the news that wasn't it his daughter had, who clarified that no he is alive and well and with us right yeah you know, rick fox is safe oh that's a big reason why i thought kobe was alive yeah you I know was when like, you oh, were... they got the Rick Fox thing wrong. Uh-uh. So they got they the must Kobe have got, thing wrong. They, got, they must have got the Kobe thing wrong. You know when yeah. you were saying that um, Bea had said to you that I want you to hear this from me. When you were saying that, I was thinking about which is a, a benefit that Vanessa never got. Because she yeah. she just heard all about it from I'm sure. everywhere else except the authorities. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what they were preventing with, um, with the news getting out. But mm-hmm. yeah, TMZ wanted to be the one to break it first and tell everyone about it. I wanted it. to ask uh, Gino and Nico, you've had, unlike the whole of us, yeah, had close him. encounters yes. with Kobe, Mm-mm. personal encounters, however brief, long interviews, what? 
What was that like for you guys, mm-hmm. uh, especially after his death now? Do you look at it in a different lens? Does it feel more special? Obviously, Nico, he fans, was trying to rub off your tattoo, right? It's a dumb <laughs> tattoo. He should have been able what to rub it off. Um, so I have a Tell 60. So it's not 09. <laughs> no, that's the other thing. That's the other thing, too. Uh, it's a great story, Nico. It's, it's a great okay, story. Okay, what's the story? What's the you story? say it's a great story because it's not tattooed on your skin. <laughs> this is, this is going to be our episode. Hey, art. Gino, what I'm talking about Govino. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, I like that. That should be the episode art. Uh-uh. <laughs> so dumb. Is it's it 60 even, or 90? It's not even a well-executed tattoo, too. It looks like I had it in some back alley. Um, but I got a 60 tattoo after his last game because mm. he famously scored 60 points. Um and it struck me not just because, you know, he, he was my favorite player on my favorite team playing his last mm-hmm. game, but also I found it to be so audacious to shoot 50 shots in your last game. <laughs> yeah. He had never, not one time before that, not even when he scored 81, yeah. I think, yeah. shot 50 mm-hmm. shots. Mm-hmm. You know how difficult it is to shoot 50 shots in mm-hmm. a two-hour period mm-hmm. against professional basketball players mm-hmm. when they all know that you want to shoot the ball every <laughs> single time. Mm-hmm. The shamelessness it takes to shoot 50 shots and miss so many of them. I just found it to be so audacious and I loved it. I was like, you know what? Go out the way you want to go out, yeah. man. You know, don't let the fear of you know, people calling you whatever mm. or the fear of failure, you know, stop you because he, he, he missed more than he made. Um, but, you know, I, it was so emotional for me. I was maybe a little drunk while he was playing <laughs> and he was scoring these points. Did anybody put you up to it? Yeah, was social that a media dare? Did. Social media. Yeah, no, really? okay. So, uh, so I, I also got pretty stupid with it. So I tweeted 500 retweets. I'll get a 60 tattoo. Oh, okay. like, <laughs> 500 long? I, like right, Damn, right at the right at the <laughs> onset, as soon as it happened. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gino was one of the first to retweet. I retweeted it. like three, four, five hundred <laughs> times. <laughs> so you were on the hit. His followers started retweeting. No, the, right before I got to it, I went to I went to someone famous's Twitter page. I don't know if it was Ann Curtis or whoever, and I saw their latest tweet got three hundred retweets. Okay. So I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna get five hundred. Just got three hundred retweets in our last tweet, uh, and then I got five hundred like twenty minutes. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was embarrassing. Um, so I got a tattoo." There's a friend of mine out there who has the same. I have a matching tattoo with a grown man. Quitting. Um, as, as I was getting it, I was like, "Yo, you want to get it too?" He's like, "Yeah, okay." But anyway, uh, that summer he he comes over to to the Philippines. You know, I'm I'm hosting for him. Um, I can't wait to show it to him because by then, you know, Gino and everyone had run into. Is made fun of my tattoo. <laughs> I and you were it. hoping somebody would uh, feel differently, right? And for everyone who's listening, it's right next to my thumb, like it's on the it's on the backside of my hand of my palm, so like anyone can see it. What are uh, you, lefty or righty? I'm a, I'm I'm right handed. Ambi ambi. <laughs> so it's so it's. It's so embarrassing. So I was like, finally, he's he's gonna see it. I gotta explain it to him. Here's the one person in the entire planet who would appreciate who's gonna it. appreciate my tattoo. Um, and as soon as he walks in, I tell him, I was like, they introduced us, and I was like, hey, Kobe, by the way, not to be weird or anything, uh, but I got a sixty tattoo right after <laughs> your final game. And he was like, what? 
and I showed it to him on my hand. I was like, no, I got a 60 tattoo. It does look like a nine. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it does look it like does. a zero it nine. <laughs> I've had someone come up to me and said, oh, your tattoo says go. I was no. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> And then and then Kobe and Kobe grabbed my hand and was like, "Let me look at that." I remember this because that was the first time, obviously, I've ever seen his hand or had his hand touch mine. <laughs> so partly kineligako. Also at the same time, I was like, "Man, this dude's hand is massive," and he was rubbing it off with ferocity, like he was just like, pushing on it. Like the bug he was like, "No, that's not real." And then he calls over some of his guys, like, "Yo, come here." He's like, "Yo, this dude got a sixty tattoo." And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I was so moved by your last game. I was ready to give him the whole, you know, the whole shtick. And he was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's like, even 81, or 24. He's like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I was like, dude, you scored 60 in your last game. No one's done that before. No one's going to do that again. He's like, that is a dumb tattoo. And then he starts <laughs> laughing, right? He's like, that's the stupidest tattoo I've ever seen. Your mother must hate it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I was like, um, I can't say the words Kobe Bryant at the house because my mom hates my tattoo so much. It, and, she, and he's like, I hate it. <laughs> it's for me and I hate it. And, you know, he was laughing. Aww. He was poking fun at me the entire time, which is now my favorite Kobe story because I got trash talked by Kobe Bryant. Yeah. But we host, you know, we, we, we have a conversation. I interview him. You know, it's for a couple hours. And then on his way out, because I'm trying to be a professional, you know, I don't want to ask for an autograph. I, they tell us all the time when we're starting out, yeah. right? Yeah. Act like you've been here before. Yeah. So act like you're not a fan. Right. So, you know, I was like, you know what? Some people got a bunch of photos of me and him during the interview. That's good enough for me. I met him. I got a cool story. So he's close to the door. He's surrounded by all these bouncers, right? And then he turns around and then he yells at me. He's like, yo, yo, 60. Get over here. <laughs> and I was like, one, it's been two hours. You forgot my name already. Thanks, man. <laughs> and he's like, give me your shoe. So I was wearing oh, a Kobe shoe. Man. It was a shoe he wore the, um, the last game, the same oh. colorway. So he takes it, and then he signs it with a marker. Um, and then, you know, I try not to fanboy over it. So he signs he signs it, and then throws it at me. And then he reaches out to, you know, to dap me up, give me a hug. And then... Oh. Uh, and then he said, I really had fun today. He's oh. like, he's like, he, he said, he's like, you scored 60 today. He's like, just try to do that every day. He's like, you know, just try to just go out there, just try to score oh, 60 so every nice. day. And then I was like, you know, and then I was like, yeah, cool. And then he's walking, he's walking out. And I can't, you know, I'll never forget. He's walking out and then he puts up a peace sign and then he just yells. He's, and then he just yells back at me. He goes, 60 club, baby. Oh my God. Hello, Goosebumps. Then, <laughs> what a story. And, and then my shoe says 60 all day with his, with his signature on it. Um, and... <clears throat> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's, great story. That is a it's crazy. Great but he's story. right. It's a dumb tattoo. But it's a great story. <laughs> oh, wait for my next one. <laughs> At this point, I was like, why let one stupid right? tattoo stop you? I'm I'm going for my next Kobe tattoo. Oh so God. watch out. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is that one. wait, Nico? Is that your only tattoo? 
Oh no, no! I have a Back to the Future arrow on on my arm. Like, is that <laughs> it? I I have no. This is okay. my grandparents. I have the, the Back to the Future. I have. Don't trust me. If ever your kids ever want to get tattoos, don't let Tito Nico take him. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's, I'm I'm the bad tattoo master. Uh, Gio's got tattoos. His, yeah. his, his tattoos are, are bad. But how my, about my, you, Gino? What are, what's your? Do you have favorite? a Kobe uh, tattoo? No, I, I don't have a Kobe tattoo. Um, I don't know which what's my favorite. Uh, personal Kobe story, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's. You were able to interact with him a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean I, I've interviewed him several times. Yeah. Like Nico, I've uh, hosted uh, for him um, on events uh, several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's two that that kind of stand out the most, um, and it's the first time I met him and the last time I saw him. More than, I mean, I've spent more time with him in, in between, uh, whether it was in Singapore, mm-hmm. um, his Nike events in, in the Philippines. <clears throat> but the first time I met him, uh, like Nico, I, I was actually very fortunate enough to have one thing signed for me. Like, he's, he, like he said, Just please don't ask for autographs, mm-hmm. don't ask for photos. So I didn't. Uh, but the designer of Kobe's shoe, actually LeBron was wearing it yesterday in, in the first half, uh, the 81 colorway. He actually, he actually gave it to me. The designer gave it to me, and it's in Kobe size and everything. Oh my god! And I was like, so it's bigger than your face. Oh yeah, it's huge. <laughs> I can put my foot inside it? it with with my shoes on. <laughs> what is yeah. what, a thirteen, fourteen? Is a fourteen? Uh, I think about thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. Somewhere there. Okay. And um, so of course I'm supposed to not ask for an autograph, right? And so I was like, <laughs> as the designer, it's like. Um, hmm. I know I'm not supposed to do this, but it's just, is there any way? Yeah. And he goes, not a problem. Trust me, not a problem. So I, we, we meet Kobe for the very first time. I'm talking to him. I get like maybe three questions. And it, it's not, it wasn't a one-on-one. It was more like a group of like, like five, a junket. five or Mm-mm. six. Uh, this was in Portland mm. near the headquarters of Nike. So here I am, first time I ever met him. Holding a shoe. That's <laughs> huge ass. That's obviously not your shoe. And I'm, I'm was it just one? Was one side. Just one, one okay. side. Okay. So after the round of questions, uh, you know how it is, Nico. Like it's it's you and some other Asian countries, right? Uh, w- with you, and so they're getting stuff signed. I'm like, how come they can ask? How come I can't? So he looks at me, and I'm holding the shoe. I, I didn't get to ask him anything. Right? I didn't. I didn't reach out to him. Nothing. And then he, he, he looks at me, looks at the shoe, and then I'm like, okay. Uh, and he grabs it and, he's, okay. he, and then he signs Sorry. it. No dedication, no, 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 nothing like Nikos, right? Nothing as special as that. <laughs> but it's just so funny because I, at least I, in my head, I'm like, I didn't ask him. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask him, man. He had the initiative to yeah. sign Technically. it. I, I was yeah. holding it. I didn't ask him. I guess he just thought that he, I wanted him to sign it. He's like, how can I say uh, no to this guy yeah. <laughs> who's carrying a, obviously <laughs> a shoe that's not his? Uh, no, a shoe that's bigger than him. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's that's inside an enclosed case. Okay, that's you know. Yeah, no. that's that's, that's what, part of the shrine. That's what I saw. Yeah, that, okay. That, that, you know, <laughs> wow. that's part of the shrine. In, <laughs> incense and flowers around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in, in, in between that, I do remember a lot of the uh, the uh, off camera short conversations mm-hmm. that we have. They, you imagine he. Believe it or not, I, I still I'm trying to recall if I was with May of Nike before mm-hmm. or Tony with Nike before. Or maybe even Sarah, who was usually my co-host uh, for the events. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but she oh, was, that's why she has a very close personal relationship yeah, with him. Yeah, like we okay. were, me and Sarah hosted in Singapore for like they they flew us to Singapore to host for him instead oh, of getting wow. Yeah, uh, so it was, I don't know, it's like maybe like Sarah's sidekick. <laughs> 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 no, but um, so there's there's all those uh, short conversations, right? Whether believe it or not, he was actually looking into like buying a house in the Philippines. I don't know how serious he was. Okay. He could be just making conversation. Right. But I'm trying to figure out if that was Tony, May, or Sarah who was in that room with me. Mm. And I was like, I can't fa- I can't remember who it was, but I do remember him saying that. <laughs> but sorry, I, I went on a little bit of a tangent there. Another favorite one of mine was uh, the last time I saw him in 2016 in the All-Star Game in, in Toronto. So usually I, in, in these media availabilities, mm-hmm. after the West and East practice, I usually avoid the big stars okay. because that's where so many media guys are around. And then mm-hmm. once you get maybe a couple of questions and you can't leave anymore, you're stuck uh, there. Okay. Mm. And mm-hmm. so I, I prefer to go around to the smaller, to the not as popular guys so that you can get more work done. Mm-mm. But during this time, yeah, I once had a thirty-minute conversation with Cal Corver. <laughs> he was asking me stuff. It was one on one. It was like I, I was on the chair right next to him. He was sharing his soda with me. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, I, I can totally picture that. So this 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 was Kobe's last All Star game, and I told my cameraman, I was like, "Yo, let's." leave like the last five minutes of the mm-hmm. practice so that we can get right in front. Mm-mm. And so we did that. So we're, we, we got right in front of where Kobe was supposed to be. So I was like, okay, let's, this is his last one. We have to get the, the position in. So we, so he gets there and right before he, right before the West practice was the East practice. And I remember talking to Tyrone Liu, who was the coach of the East and um, the old teammate of Kobe with the Lakers. And you know we were talking about how Kobe looked so happy in the past, like in his final season. Even though they won 17 games, he looked mm-hmm. happier than he's ever been. Mm-hmm. And then um, Coach Lou was saying that it's probably because of, you know, he's he's ready for that next phase. He's ready for that next phase of his his career, and he's accepted it. And he's you know so you know he's uh, enjoying being a father, being a mentor, and so on and so forth. So when when Kobe was in when uh, during the media availability and Kobe was there, it was we were talking about with, with everybody with the conversations was about his uh, being a mentor, um, coming to grips with the end of his career, about his kids, mm-hmm. right? So he he talked about how he enjoyed bringing his kids to games and so on and so forth, and it made it special because he saw Gigi next to him. So it was Kobe sitting on the chair. Gigi was next to him, hugging a basketball, and holding Aww. holding Kobe like that. And so that was that was probably the least interaction I've ever had with him because it was with everybody there. Mm-hmm. But seeing that image right in front, Kobe sitting there, Gigi next to him, and with right. what happened last week, yeah. I think that's the one that I you know I do remember the most. There's a that's uh, another beautiful story, Gino. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 just something about you know when you say you know you're looking at both of them, mm-hmm. yeah. Kobe and Gigi, you know, not knowing that this is gonna mean what it means now. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's yeah. what gets us is yeah. during these moments, you know, and I've 
you know, I, I, I am fully aware. I, I know I like to poke fun at it, but that's just because I'm, I'm, I'm dodging, um, you know, the attention. But I'm fully aware of how special my interaction was with Kobe. We're, we're yeah. fully cognizant, me and Gina, of how lucky mm-hmm. we've been to yeah. have been around him, you know, and all these great players. But in the moment, you're not thinking. Like, when he saw, you know, like Gina's sentence earlier was like, the last time I saw him... Mm-hmm. But you didn't um, know, 20, know you don't that know it would be the last, last But you feel when he said that. Yeah. yeah, and like in that moment, you don't know. You're not yeah. thinking that, mm-hmm. um, that this is going to yeah. be the last time. You know, I I remember, and you know, I'm sorry. I know this is a, this is a podcast, and this might be difficult to okay. re- translate. But this is a... It's embarrassing. This I'm gonna regret this. <laughs> this is a photo of This is going on record. This is a photo of me in 2011 outside a Nike store. Um, Gino actually hosted this Kobe event. Is I, that you with a blue cap? This is me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I used to only That's weigh you? 90 pounds. Oh yeah. my god. So I was. I, I think I had. I was fresh out of college, uh, just starting radio uh, uh, and all that that was 2011 mm-hmm. Gino was hosting that with see Aaron at either one of our one of our colleagues who you guys know Aaron tried to, Aaron I think that was the first time he was hosting for Kobe also he tried yeah. to tell people that I was his PA yeah so that <laughs> yeah. could get access backstage and pass if you, baby and if, you, and if you look at the photo I'm outside the fence. <laughs> Sad. Because the whole, the whole PA thing didn't work. People looked at Aaron and said, you don't need a PA. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? PA. Like, and, and like... Like you know, oh, it might have worked for Gino. And, and for I don't know how it is for for you ladies because you know getting ready for for hosting gigs yeah. and stuff like that is different for you guys. So maybe you guys would have gotten away. Maybe if it was Sarah who was trying to yeah. to get me in, right, but, right, yeah, but not I, Aaron. I'm outside. I have a camera. I have a camera around my around my neck. It's Aaron's camera. Had no film in it. <laughs> and it was just it's called prop. And he was like, he's like, yo, just, yo, just take photos, bro. Just pretend you're taking photos for me because you're my PA today. And I was like, you know, let's give it a try. That I was, did, that I was, did, I didn't that was get Kobe in. airballing in Utah. That was, that yeah, was a move. I know. That was a move. I, I, I was with the fans. Um, I, I, I got a high five when he went into <laughs> the stand stuff like that. Was, that was good enough for me. Um, but. You know, it's it's just it's just funny. Like I said, you don't know these moments when they're mm-hmm. happening. In two thousand, when was he here? Two thousand seven, was it? Which which one? Which uh, the time? supernatural one, I think. The that first was, one. I mean, the first Nike one. Yeah, the first Nike one was two thousand seven. You know, I, I actually have a photo of that somewhere uh, can, to give you an actual year. Yeah. So so the crazy thing about that is I was a college student in UP Los Baños, mm-hmm. um, and I I hadn't started anything with magic yet i wasn't a junior jock yet i was just some student um i i made the trip from laguna to bgc i for that event i was there for like four or five in the morning we were lining up because they were going to give away tickets to it Mm -mm. it was the week before they said we're going to give away tickets at the nike store so i was there at five in the morning with my friends from high school (laughs) And I'll never forget that he hates the story. He hates the story. Uh, but I'll never forget, I saw Boom mm. walk out. <laughs> and, you know, and Boom's 
so special to all of us for many right, different right. reasons. He's just the absolute best. I told my 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 teammate from from high school. I was like. Parece boom. <laughs> boom Gonzalez. <laughs> and he was just like this this guy. I you know, he all the PBA players went out of their way to high five him, say yeah. hi to him. He, he had close relationships with all yeah, these people. Yeah, he said hi to everybody, walked into the Nike store. I was still in line. Like, they didn't let anybody in. And then Boom walks out with like two giant Nike bags of just stuff. stuff. He just walked out. And I told my friend, I was like, I'm gonna be like that dude one day. Oh wow! My exact words were, <laughs> "One day, magigim parang boom din ako." I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna work radio and I'm gonna cover basketball." Wow! And Nito. and and to and to my to my high school best friend, that was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> he he just started rolling. He was like, "Lol!" It's just like hilarious. Like that guy, no way. Um, but. You know, and look at Boom passing on the baton yeah. to you now, especially where the UAAP cheer dance competition. Right, and you know, and, and every, anytime it's Boom's birthday, I tell that story. And you know, again, he <laughs> he hates it because he doesn't like it when the attention's yeah. on him. Yeah. But now that I look back on it, that's a story I've told a hundred times. Mm -hmm. The Kobe part of it is such a small, tiny background detail of it, mm -mm. but it's just. It's just eerie now because I wouldn't have gone there from Laguna to Tagig. I didn't even, honest to God, I didn't even know where BGC was. <laughs> being, being, a, being a Marikina boy who studied in Laguna, I didn't know what BGC was. Right. Um, we had to walk to Market Market to eat food we could afford. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't have been there if I didn't want to see Kobe so badly. Yeah. And I wouldn't have seen Boom and yeah. Who knows what my life would have exactly. ended up like because my friend laughing at me, you know, and while, you know, we're still friends and I love him, but that was my motivation anytime I was taking a bus from Laguna to Magic to train as a junior wow. jock, you know, when I was auditioning to cover sports in the UAP, mm -hmm. him laughing at me was my, he's been my first call anytime I got a job. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but if that doesn't happen because, you know, I don't want to see Kobe, I don't, I, I don't know where I'd be, you know, I, w I wouldn't be here for sure. So yeah. you're the perfect guy for him to call 60 and yeah, exactly. 60 club it, all the way. I know, it's, Nico. It's wow. Per, yeah. that's, that's, that's why I'm saying it was a great story because there's story. so many. Yeah. The, the backstory of it is in, There are many crazy. facets I would have had another Kobe better love. I would have had another cool story had you let me in in 2011. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that wasn't my call. That wasn't no, my call. So, you needed to be on the outside yeah. for you to have that drive. I remember me and Gino were in close yet then, but he, he walked in the store, he was all decked out, he had his microphone, all his new gear, whatever, and he's like, Nix, with a peace sign at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly realized this isn't going to work. I'm just going to stay here. That's so cute. No, but I do remember te telling Aaron, he's like, why is, he so why is he outside? Yeah. I remember asking him. 
And Aaron's like, I don't know, man. I was like, dude, just ask your brother. Like, cause Tony was still Tony right. was yeah. right. So I'm like, I was, I was trying to get you in there. Yeah, I appreciate it. I was but trying honestly. to get you. I appreciate it. The great thing about the, like, <laughs> the great thing about Aaron though was that he would never ask Tony to. Yeah. He would never put Tony in that position. Yeah. Um, plus, that is true. Plus, Play even the if brother card. And, and, and you know, if if you guys know Tony, if you did ask him, he would have said hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he think he is? Uh, yeah. no, September Wait, so have- five, two thousand and seven. There you go. There you go. I was a freshman in. I was a freshman in college. Imagine that. Yeah. But oh my that, god! Wow, very inspiring story. Because I'm pretty sure somebody who's going to listen to this episode mm-hmm. would feel, would realize, hey, I'm in Nico's position right now. Yeah. But I'll eventually get Shoot. to Dude, the Nico position Rama. Nico is should, in now. We should get Boom on the show because I remember that was his goal too. When he was a jock, he's like, okay, this is what I want to be. I want to do sports casting. You know, and at the time, I'm like, how are you going to do that? You're so entrenched in radio. So you but were Nico's friend laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I would never laugh at Boom. Oh, I would what never you? laugh at you, partner. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, Wait. I mean, everybody has that person that they're looking up to you know and well kobe bryant was that to a lot of people yeah but isn't he didn't he also feel that way uh towards uh magic johnson and uh michael jordan and then he got to play with michael jordan i mean yeah it seems like who were his it, that story is like nico's story right, you know right. yeah so who are kobe's heroes yeah, who are kobe's heroes well jordan and mm-hmm. of course magic as well because i mean he, he when he realized that there was a possibility of joining the Lakers, he did whatever he could to be able to right. maneuver his way over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Jerry West was the one who pulled the trigger with the, with a trade. But obviously, when you watch him, it's Jordan. Mm-hmm. He He's the closest. Maybe he never quite surpassed MJ, but mm-hmm. he's definitely come really close to the, con- to the point that the conversation, that there is a conversation. Right. Like, there, how many people have ever, have ever been called the next Jordan? I can't mm. count. There's been so many. But mm. he's the one that deserved it and, more, more than anybody else. Yeah, and, and I think the reason why he's so unique, why he's so admirable is, ooh, so many of us talk about our role models, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but very few of us actually declare at a young age, I'm going to be better than my role model, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, like my boom star. I just wanted to do what he does. Um, you know, never did I have the audacity to say I'm going to be better than him. Mm-hmm. Me and Kobe set out to be the greatest basketball player <laughs> of all time. Right. So that's one. Yeah. The other is to take every step possible to emulate that person. Yeah. Move for move. They walked the same. They talked. Uh, they talked the yeah. same. He dressed like Michael. He patterned oh. everything. He played against Michael and in games would ask him how to do certain moves wow. and things like that. You know, it it be the skill set, the 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 package um, is exactly like Michael Jordan's. So that's that's another and to just chase for it and chase mm-hmm. for it so relentlessly. But the thing about Kobe that's you know, inspired me the most is to come at the end of your journey, realize you've fallen <laughs> short mm-hmm. and openly admit it. Yeah. You know, there's this, there's this great interview of him that they use at the tribute yesterday. And he said, when I, when I came into this league at 18, I just wanted to be the greatest basketball player of all time. But somewhere along the way, I realized, you know, that was a fickle goal. And, 
you know, what I really want to be able to do now is to affect people of, you know, the next generation, how many players you touch, how many people whose lives you touch and improve, you know, that's the measure of greatness, you know, in, in, in so many words. And I, I think that's rare, you know, to, to one, make, an, make, make a statement like that so young, mm-hmm. try for it because so many of us don't try because we're af- afraid to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, he tried. Absolutely. He shot for it for sure. Um, and in, and in, in the end, be aware enough to say, I didn't get there. You know what? Yeah, I didn't get there. But and, it's okay. Yeah, and, and it's fine. I'm just going to win an Oscar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to write I'll a couple be the of only books. professional but, basketball player yeah. that does that. <laughs> but Nico, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. If every time you ask a player about what their, what are your goals in your for your career or how do you want to be remembered or whatever, along those lines, right, a question right. along those lines, the common answer is usually to be the best player I can be. Right. It's never be be the best You're player of all, all time. time. No, no, all time. no it never I don't, is. there's not one person there's who's ever one. said that. Except uh, for him. So that's where Mamba mentality comes in. So as you guys are, are really big fans, I need you I want you to like, you know, tell us what encapsulates this Mamba mentality. Uh, that moves so many people. Don't what was his quote? Or how do you define it according to you? Yeah, yeah. How do you take it? To myself. How do yes. I apply yeah, it yeah. to myself? What is Mamba mentality to you? Uh-uh. Yeah, don't rest in the middle, rest in the end. That's one of his That's quotes, quotes yeah. from from his, um, I think, high school teacher, if I'm not mistaken. And that's basically, if, if you want something bad enough, you better put in the work and don't stop until it's over, until you get there. Right? Don't, don't be satisfied with a, you know, to... A mediocre... Yeah, don't, don't... And that's actually... And don't waste your time as, as well, right? Like... Uh, show respect to whatever it is that you're trying to do by don't half-ass anything. Just put put all your focus and put all your attention, put all your efforts into being the best in, at, at whatever that is that you're trying to, uh, to achieve. Mm. So if, if anything, um, that's what that hashtag Mamba mentality is, uh, if, if you ask me. It's just basically be the best possible thing that you can be and... Yeah, don't uh, don't sell yourself short. There's a quote that I saw. Like he doesn't. He's like, I don't understand lazy people. Yeah, I said, Oh my god, I get you. Get <laughs> <laughs> you, Kobe. <laughs> but it's a, isn't that his big beef with uh, Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he's lazy. One of the things. Yeah, one of the things that he had said that had created a, a rift between them because yeah. he did say, no. "Oh, that he was lazy. He doesn't work out." <laughs> and. and, and here, here's the thing about Kobe Bryant uh, that I, I feel like once we get some distance, obviously, from the tragedy, um, hopefully we could talk about him with a little bit more wholeness uh, in the sense yeah. we, we, we love him. We love dad version um, of, of Kobe. Yeah. We love mm-hmm. Oscar award winning, Emmy award winning, young adult Right. Fantasy novel writing Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Absolutely, that's an easy. That's an easy Kobe to love. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not a, not a lot of teammates loved playing with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He was he was maniacal. He was hard on you. Mm-hmm. He was obsessive. Um, and he he was he was tough to play with. That's why there are only, you know, a certain kind of. There's only a certain kind of player that can play with him. And you can only play with him for so long (laughs) before it Uh, eventually becomes, you know, too much. But that's his, that's his Mamba mentality. You know, he, he, you know, like Dwight Howard is, is my best 
example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the old Dwight, no, yeah, not this Dwight. Yeah, and, and I think just Dwight's overall journey. Yeah, okay. He he came to the Lakers, obviously clashed with Kobe, mm-hmm. famously. Eventually got called out by Kobe as being, you know, being charming, soft, um, soft as tissue paper. Um, they did not get along at all. Eventually, mm-hmm. Dwight left, and then Dwight came back to the Lakers after everything that's happened in his career, and he wasn't, you know, anymore trying to be the star player. You know, he wasn't a marquee guy. He knew and understood his role. Mm-hmm. Had reworked his body, um, and even before Kobe passed, said. You started wearing Kobe Bryant shoes yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this year, and 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 said that you know I'm I'm a Kobe fan because now I understand what he was telling me before. Why he was so hard on him? Yeah, and he's like I didn't want to hear it at mm. first. You know, I didn't want. Mm-mm. He said I didn't want what he was saying and what he was doing. I didn't want to do that, yeah. so I rejected it and said that's that's crazy. But mm. when he got older, he realized, oh, no way. That is what you got to do, do. So might as well just do it. Who uh, are the players that could hang with Kobe that way? Well, I mean, if you look at it, like Fisher was the one who who was with him right. throughout. Yeah. Right. Throughout all the championships, D. Fish was, was with him. Of course, he's not as, I mean, he's, he's a role player. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was easier that mm-hmm. way. Because towards the latter part of his career, the guy that, you know, Powell was... Um, Somebody that was always there, Lamar. He actually saved Lamar. Mm. Um, even like, can you imagine Kobe without? Can you imagine Lo without without Kobe around? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it might have been different. And you know, we saw obviously the what the near tragedy that yeah. happened to Lamar Odom. Yeah. You know, in in his life, and and he said a call from Kobe Bryant. You know, during that time was mm-hmm. really what set him straight. Really, you know, Kobe Bryant's last game, Lamar was there, yeah. and then there was this terribly moving thing that Lamar said on oh, his yeah. Instagram uh, post when he what said, did he say? you know, when, when I was in my coma, he's like, when I was in my coma, if God had told me, yeah. I'll take you and I'll spare Kobe, <laughs> Lamar said, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Um, he said yeah. he, he would have rather that happen. Yeah, he would have rather, you know, that happened, you know, because, oh. you know, Kobe's last game, Lamar Odom was there and Lamar Odom was saying, this man saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I would say like because the early the early Kobe, of course, he was a little bit probably more difficult in the early <laughs> early stages, <laughs> and that's uh, that was a team with a lot of vets, right? You had mm-hmm. Ron, Ron Harper, um, you had um, Glenn Rice, Shaq, Ori, B Shaw, B Shaw. So I think those guys were so were all veterans. Mm-hmm. And, and here comes this young yeah, boy. So he must have been really difficult to, to I'm sure. with, with the vets. Just walk, like, take. And, and Ori actually said something as well. Like he, I guess he wanted to lighten the mood a little bit because he was like, how different was, was Kobe? How different was, was the Laker organization after Kobe arrived? And mm-hmm. goes, it was really different. And we got on, we got on him you know, it, because it got it got less fun, and then I think the reporter said, "Why? Because of his because of his um, how hard that he he pushes every practice." He goes, "No, because we couldn't have beer in the in the <laughs> locker room." Because he was under twenty one. Because he was under twenty one. You know what, friend Adele, I can feel uh, he's not saying anything, but I can feel Jude's kilig that we're having all this basketball talk right now. <laughs> right, right, I'm wearing right, Lakers right. colors. I know you are. But I'm not a Laker fan. I'm a Boston fan. A, so you know, dressing oh, no. up this, dressing you up are? this, yeah, dressing up this morning. Fan? 
Well, it was like, uh, okay, uh, it's one of those days that I don't want to get to work, obviously. And I'd rather be about it and have time with my daughter this morning because she's only... Hashtag girl dad. She's only there for, for today. And we got to do the podcast. So I go, oh, this is going to be funny because I'm, I had a purple shirt. I didn't know how to... A, a Kesso short. It's kind of <laughs> tight because I bought this before Christmas. <laughs> so, and, uh, okay. And then the kids were playing outside uh, the basketball court outside my house. And I could hear them. Kobe! Kobe! Yeah. Okay, so let's go. Let's, let's, you know, let's get our coffee going and let's, let's do the pod. And, and it's probably the only time you're going to hear see me in, uh, <laughs> in, in Kobe and Kesso. It's, it's, it's crazy, though. So I'm, I'm kind of working on... on on this piece just around that thought Mm -mm. this was a phenomenon way before kobe passed yeah where if you you shoot a jump shot Mm -hmm. or if you throw something into into a a trash trash can can, you say kobe uh you guys have i mean you guys have all heard it we've all I've, i've done it it's it's amazing to me that someone has taken ownership of a jump shot. Yeah. yeah. That's right. like, that, that is, it's so stupid. I mean, considering his jump shot is a complete and total ripoff from Michael Jordan's <laughs> jump shot. No one ever says Jordan. No one ever says MJ. He's taken um, over that. And like, it's, it's just, it's just a thing. Like, it is a like thing. what you were saying, like kids who probably didn't watch Kobe in his prime are saying, Kobe shooting trash. Yeah. Um, it was fortuitous. I mean, Kobe, Kobe, something. Okay. So yeah, this is the day. This is, the this day. is happening with two Laker heads. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the way here, so I took a grab. My grab driver was a massive Kobe fan. He had um, um, the bobblehead, a Kobe bobblehead on his dashboard. He had on a, of course, he can have the Lakers hat on just because of the recent events, but he's had that. Ever since that bobblehead, yeah, he's, he's had it. So I was like, "Oh wow, perfect! We're talking about Kobe today." It wasn't brand new. It looked no, age, it right? looked yeah. like it's been there for ages. What I appreciate about his Mamba mentality is that he didn't just apply that in his professional life, but he also took it on to his personal life. Mm-hmm. And he there were there were quotes I saw as to why they retracted the divorce. Because you know how Vanessa had already yeah. applied for a divorce, mm-hmm. right? But <clears throat> they took it back because he said. If he applies a Mamba mentality to how he plays basketball, it's just about right that he applies it to his married life as well. Like, why would he put in so much effort in his professional life and not do the same Mm. for his personal Mm -hmm. life? And I appreciated that. I was like, oh, wow. I want to get into that and and Vanessa and uh, the earlier part, the the, I guess the bad aspects of Kobe Bryant's career. But Mm. before that, and and I like it because we have these two guys, the part that I love about basketball is the drama, are the backstories of the players and, you know, all the intricacies of all that. There is a player who did not make the game yesterday because he was mourning what yeah. was his name? Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. okay so can you maybe just explain how come because all his teammates were there and if you say oh but Kobe would have wanted you there what's your take on him not showing up on at the game I mean you grieve how how, how you, you want to grieve mm-hmm. right so it's was he the closest I'm, I want to ask no, like, I wouldn't why? say he's the closest I mean he they were close obviously uh-uh. like I would say well, between that class, the 2003 mm. class, right? LeBron, Melo, Wade, he was probably as close as those two were, mm. as, as the other two were to, okay. to Kobe, especially because they played on Team USA together. Mm. Um, I think that he just couldn't. 
I mean, you watch that game. It was so hard for those players to play, especially on the Lakers. Like mm-hmm. Lillard was fine, because he, but he got a couple games in already, so he was able to at least get his feet wet, sort of post right. Kobe, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a Laker, like there's a shot of the Lake, the, the team sitting on the bench, all together, all together, yeah, and their their eyes were up on the on the big screen during the tribute, and you're thinking, there's no way these guys are gonna be able to play today. There's none, Mm-mm. and then so they they tried. They tried. They tried. As good as, I mean, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James got their numbers because they're just that good. Mm-mm. But you could see it. They were just, their heads were just not there. Right? Yeah. They're, they're, it was so hard for them to to uh, to get that game out of the way. Mm-mm. And it was, it was, uh, it was, I think for Melo, it was, he just couldn't do it. He just, he just needed to be, you know. Grieve on his own, yeah. especially I think because of the type of player you know Carmelo is. You know, yeah. I, I think over the years, obviously the dream matchup would have been in you know two thousand nine, two thousand eight, the Cavs and the Lakers meeting in the finals. <laughs> Nike had this whole you yeah. know campaign built around the puppets, uh, the puppets. Yeah. and mm-hmm. they say you know they had to do the commercials. So there's commercials of LeBron and Kobe, but it's puppets of them. And they said that they had to go with puppets because they couldn't get those two guys in the same room together because obviously it was so competitive. They were one and one A best players in the league. Um, and then after that, you know, I think that there was this, you know, this desire to paint them as as friends. I think they became friends later on, but yeah. they were such fierce competitors, competitors. Um, during that run. But I think that Carmelo has always had a special connection with okay. with Kobe because. You know, Gino's right. Their Team USA time. It's you know, it was well documented that it was them who spent time. You know, of the younger players, it was Carmelo who spent time yeah. working out with with Kobe. And you look at the games, and you look at the styles, and you look at just the. I don't want to say it's indifference to passing, um, <laughs> but the <laughs> the the the, be, the common belief that a tough shot by me is a better shot than an open shot by my teammate yeah. is that's, that's mellow. That's, that's, that's Kobe. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the mid range, the skill set. Yeah. it's, it's all the same. So I can completely understand why Carmelo was like, Hey, you know what? I, I don't want to, I don't want to be there for that emotional yeah, night while out. I'm grieving and then be expected to play, to play yeah. at my age <laughs> against yeah. LeBron James. <laughs> Thomas, sit this one out. Yeah. And it well, was tough. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Like it's like it must have been the most difficult mm. thing to do. Like these guys were tearing, were still crying yeah. when the when the ball was tossed in the air for the yeah. jump ball. Yeah. yeah, but I think I mean as a passive observer, I think it was a game that they needed. Yeah, as a mom, <laughs> you all need it. You I mean they needed like you need to let it out. You need to be on that court. You need to be doing. I mean they all they paid tribute to him. All the players that they called out was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. That, that was, was something so beautiful. Else. I lost it. I really cried. Yeah. The whole was, I was like, oh my yeah, God. The, the, yeah. Lawrence Tanner, who's <laughs> the who's the in arena voice yeah. of the Lakers and, all, and always has been. So, so the, yeah. So the crazy thing about the Lakers. So, the, so the Lakers are so snooty. Uh, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was born in LA. I'm a diehard Laker fan, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just look at our team and I'm like, oh, yeah, bang that in. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lakers are so, so, so snooty in an effort to maintain class mm. or whatever. Okay. The, the arena announcer never hypes up yep. the players. Oh. So it's, so yep. it's never, it's never, 
brash. It's okay. never loud. Mm-hmm. You know, like in in Detroit, mm-hmm. there's they have this guy who just yells Detroit basketball, oh. and then when they introduce their names, right, like you know, Hagar, Gino, Rufino. Okay. For the Lakers, no. Like, like the way he introduced Kobe, that's how he introduces everyone. Like he'll say forward number 23, mm-hmm. 17th season, LeBron James. That's how he says yeah. it. Yeah. And it's so calm because it's quote unquote classy. classy. <laughs> but when, refined. Yeah. But when he did it five times, six foot six, lower Marion High School, yeah. 20th campaign. Uh, and his voice was shaking. Yeah, I was like, no. Did, I was did, like, did did you see Stu Lance? Yeah, oh. yeah. It was just, I was just like, I was like, why are we? I was like, why, are, why, why? I was like, why are we doing this? Why are these guys at work? Yeah, yeah like, part of me was like, why are they doing this tribute now before a game? Because it's it so was, intense. It was, yeah, yeah. But it was beautifully done. It yeah. was. It, yeah. it couldn't have gone any better. That's true. Yeah, Stu Lance is the uh, the color commentator for the Laker broadcast, mm-hmm. and he couldn't he could barely get through that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, okay. So um, we have a lot of other, I guess, aspects to talk about. Um, do you want it? Okay, so Gino, you said the the life arc of Kobe. He comes in a young buck. <clears throat> very probably to his own oh no he was very you know this arrogant kid right to say that you want to be the best player in the world ever ever (laughs) you know you have to have that in you and i see when i watch tributes of kobe and i watch his old games and i watch those snippets and he's like raw has a game face it's like well this you have to give it to him. That's that's all machismo. That's all like testosterone. That's all confidence. One hundred fucking percent. Um, so the day he died, there was tweets, pack, 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 the news, the details of it. And then I come across this one tweet from I don't know even know who she was about bringing up his rape case. But and the words were like, oh. You're celebrating this man, but don't forget he's a rapist. And I said, wow, that's fucking rude. That's so rude. And I wanted to ask, I was glad we got Gino on the show because I know you called somebody out. Yeah, I did. A local for, athlete. For sharing. My, my co-writer in a, in a website. Right. And I was like, wow, he's got some balls. Because like he tagged him on the yeah. post on Facebook. Yeah. And um, what did you say? Because, okay, so the, the backstory is that like, and I'm sure you've read some stuff, Dell, also, right? Like um, they, the whole thing is they were just, and I'm going to say this. The, the writers of these articles say that it's not fair that you're not including this part of his history in his tributes or when you write <clears throat> about him. <clears throat> and then they said, Kowawa Naman, the victim, she's probably have to, she's replaying all these things that happened to her years ago. And my thought is like, how do you know that? How do you know that she's replaying these <clears throat> things? You know, we don't know what happened from what year was the the scandal? Two thousand five to two thousand twenty. We don't know what happened there. What if she found like peace? What if they talked internally? Who knows? What if he's already made up for it? Okay, because I have many like different but, layers of thoughts. But, this. but I think the most important thing is he was never convicted. Yeah, yeah. Mm. he can't be called a rapist right. if you were not convicted. Yes. That was civilly. Uh, Civilly settled. Uh, settled. Yes. Okay. But so remember that's like the black and white debate. Like okay, uh, black uh, and white. One. You are not. Convinced. Okay, that's one. Second, um, his story is 
It's not rape. It's it was adultery consensual. for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? For he, it sure. was adultery for sure because he was married to Vanessa. But th- this was the he said, she said. Correct. So that's that that kind of tweet is just the Me Too movement coming, colliding into the Kobe Bryant death. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's for me. It's it's OK. I don't think that she should have said that at that moment. Timing mm-hmm. it. But. To, to be to know the full story, because even the way he addressed that mm-hmm. and the way he, that, that Kobe faced the media and how he and his wife handled it, mm-hmm. you could you could somehow see even Mamba mentality there. <laughs> like he faced it head on. Right. Yeah. I, I think that guy, that girl was just a, a Me Too movement. Parang si Gaw ng Me Too movement in the wake of what happened to Kobe. Yeah. And as, and as a woman, true. I feel like it was unnecessary. You know, um, I'm, I'll ask you guys later, but because, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to victim shame. I don't want to put this person in this box. Okay, you know, she feels bad and she has to rehash these things. But is it fair? I mean, somebody died. I was like, you should never speak ill of the dead. Mm. Like, you should never dredge this up. Where did it come out? Well, the first one I saw was uh, a Twitter thread. And then right. there's an actual article where people feel like, oh, yeah. Um, if you look at the other big news sites, they have that paragraph there about his case. Yes. So, uh-uh. But it know, was mainstream. the day of. It was like yeah, as it, in hours after. Nandito yung thread. Oh, it's okay to feel confused. I go, what the fuck? What do you mean? Mm. I mean, in, in the larger conversation in the aftermath of, of the death, uh, that's what she was talking about or no it was a tweet the day of his death like it was like oh it's okay to feel confused uh but don't forget this oh oh huh what and i wanted to retweet and say what but i did it was even an article um you guys are mourning you're making him out to be a god but are you forgetting this and yes then the it's always that are you it. forgetting this mm. i mean you don't do that when you talk about somebody who just died. You do that if you're going to make like a fucking Netflix documentary about his life. Then you put all those aspects in because you're going to cover everything, right? Okay, but this is just me. I'm but so, even, even I got the, so the coverage of the article, like, like so you said, if you were to cover, if you're a big n- news outlet, what they would usually do, and this is, I think, appropriate, is they they have a highlighted phrase that you can mm-hmm. click so that you now can, can read go. an article about that case. Right. Mm. But to say that at that moment is one, insensitive. Mm-hmm. Two, you are not the spokesperson of the victim. Yes. Shouldn't it be her to say it? Right. That's why I said it's like the Me Too movement colliding with the death of a, of a basketball great. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's just inappropriate. It is. It is. It, when we judge a man and his life, mm-hmm. it's true. You have to take into, into consideration everything. everything, not just one thing, because we are not just one of our decisions. We are the sum of all of all our decisions. But the timing was just so bad. It shouldn't have been done that way. Because I don't know. For me, for me, it's the intention. Um, yeah. of it. Um, I mean, are you are you tweeting this out for clout? Are you tweeting mm-hmm. it out just to just to be different? Um, you know, just to be contrarian, just to go against the grain. And you know, congratulations. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've got yourself some likes. Um, I, I I think speaking about it as 
as a man obviously is is a is a difficult task mm-hmm. because I'll I'll never ever understand um what it's like to experience whatever it was that that girl may or may not have experienced you know Dell's right so or he what said she claims. yeah it's oh, a what he she said, claims she to have said transpired. Thing. Mm-hmm. um you know so but you know assuming assuming that assuming that, that I'll never be able to understand it it's i've always liked to think of things as right time right amount um, yeah. And I think the the Me Too yes. movement, the Me Too movement is it was was something great and empowering. Um, and at its best, it still is. But you know, right amount in the sense that I, I feel like sometimes we there are some, certain people who feel like they are giving voice to the voiceless. When yeah, when when, yeah. May, when maybe the maybe when maybe the, the voiceless, voiceless aren't voiceless, or yeah. maybe when yeah. the voiceless don't want to voice things out. Mm-hmm. True. Um, so I, I think that's a sensitive line. And the other thing is at that time, they hadn't even found the bodies yet. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time that those, that those yeah. tweets came out, right. this isn't some deep, dark secret that you're, that you're breaking right. news yeah. to everyone. Yes. Yeah. This is a very public, mm-hmm. um, you know, scandal that this person went through, exactly. had to deliver a press conference next to his wife mm-hmm. admitting adultery, mm-hmm. had to play playoff games coming straight from, from court. The yeah, controversy. From, from the hearing, from yeah. court, flying in from Colorado straight to playoff games, forever playing in an arena at least two times a year where you just get bombarded with booze and, you know, whatever it is that I'm not saying that, you know, just because he got booed, Kobe Bryant is cleared of whatever Mm -hmm. sins he may or may not have committed. At the very least, he still stepped out on his marriage. And, you know, there's no excuse for that. Um, If we want to specifically talk about the tweet i i'd say it was, it was too soon there's a time and place to have that conversation yep. and and it's a conversation that i welcome it's mm-hmm. a conversation that i believe should be part of most conversations about kobe bryant and anybody mm-hmm. else there's 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 a totality to to people and you have to you have to take in the crumbs of people man mm-hmm. you can't just have the loaf um but too soon. I mean, we, not the right time, they, yeah. not the right place. They, 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 they didn't even know where, where the bodies were yeah. at that time. Yeah. And, you know, Rick Fox was still dead when the tweet came out. And then <laughs> yeah. Fox came back I to think life. That's why yeah. I was so later. triggered. I was so triggered. And I really took a deep dive into everything because after that, there was a full on article that said, okay, here. And then um, it was more well thought out. Like, you know, written, um, which people said, okay, I'm behind you in this thought. Uh, but we'll go back to that. Jins, you, you called out somebody. I did. Yeah. Um, I think I called him out and I, I you know, I've, cause it was the day. You got of. some backlash on your, uh, no, your post. I saw the comments. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I, I screen capped what he, what he had posted mm-hmm. hours. Mm-mm. Later on that evening, from from day one, right mm-hmm. the, the, the day that uh, Kobe passed away, and obviously that entire day I had I hadn't really moved from my bed on my couch, so I was feeling down, and I saw it. I just snapped. I snapped. So I I did what yeah. I probably shouldn't have done. Right, right. Okay. And I screen capped it. I put it on my page, and I said like 
dude, like, you know, he's he's been cleared of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the charges were dropped. They settled it. Mm-hmm. If anything, that's it has to do with him and his wife. And it looks like they've, they're fine. They're completely uh, so on and so forth. And this is the thing that you remember the most. And, art, and you dug up an article from two years ago. Yeah. And I posted it. And... Um, I had I had taken it down since. Oh, you did. I've apologized okay. to him for doing that okay. because he was getting threats. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. actually getting threats from yeah. from that post, and I, I didn't realize it until the next day. And unfortunately, the next day, um, it took me a while because I was busy in the morning, and then I finally saw it after lunch, and I didn't realize how long it's gotten. Mm-hmm. And he was actually getting threats from it. So I was like, dude, okay, let's, <laughs> let's, this, is not, this is not cool. Mm-mm. Let's take it down. That was not the intention. No, it wasn't the intention. Um, but, but is that your responsibility? I'm, I'm sorry. I understand that as broadcasters and as public figures, right, we understand the, the weight of our words just because of the people who follow us. Yeah. It's not as many. So you could... Even if your intention wasn't to sick people uh, to somebody, it, it might end up that way. But part of me sometimes thinks, well, if you have the guts to say these things online, yeah, take it, it should take, be fair game. Yeah. Well, it, it, it is online. You, you that's know what I feel. I, I, oh, this is you've already opened up yourself by putting something mm-hmm. about a public person in a public forum. Correct. So you cannot protect that. Any one of us is not spared of that. Certainly famous people like like Gino, you're not spared of that. If you did say something like that, a lot of people will pick it up, retweet it, say something bad about it. But how come people who who are not as known can't be held accountable for that too? I mean, I'm not saying it's okay to... To threaten, to threaten to kill them, (laughs) but I'm saying that's not it. It's just that maybe we should all be held accountable for the things we say online, not just the famous people, right? I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, no, I I I think there's there's a good point to that. I I remember, I don't I don't remember who it was who said someone who's much smarter than me um, when it came to Twitter, and you know Twitter was such a such a big you know source of you know, getting, saying something inappropriate or, you know, getting called out or, you know, the woke Twitter coming at you. Mm -hmm. I remember someone saying once, tweet as if you have 10 million followers. Yeah. Smart. Yep. You know, like, because, you know, like there's, there's stuff on my Twitter. If you dig it up from six years ago, (laughs) uh, that I probably, you know, would hope it, you know, I never Never tweeted. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I had the confidence of a hundred followers. I had, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I mean, I'm not Twitter famous or anything. If you compare it to, you know, the, the true Twitter movers. Um, but there are certain things I, I won't be able to get away with saying now, but I, I just think that's that's a good way to look at it is tweet as if you have 10 million people following mm, you yeah. and all sorts of different kinds of people. I mean, that's big of you to, to take it down and to protect him. I think that was right. I don't think that was your the responsibility. I think that's just you being a good guy and saying, all right, I think yeah. we've, we've made our point here and let me save you from this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had there, had there not been... The threats that I saw, mm, you wouldn't have. I wouldn't have taken it down. Right. I would have left oh. it there. Had they just been, you know, Mm-mm. just calling him out and whatever. But there was actual, you know, like a couple there that were like, "Whoa." Well, same is, with same with those something. writers who wrote those articles that that dredge up the the rape case and all that. But, but I think it's it's also it, it should be said that in any in any group, 
no matter how noble this group is, whether it's the Me Too movement or uh, vegans or whatever group of people, there's always one who's going to be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> and, they, and, and they will get people in trouble because they're going to say you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the mean, nature of the beast. <laughs> that is the nature of the beast. Actually, you know, listening <laughs> listening to you ladies talk about this is actually a little eye opening for me as well because uh, in that process, maybe one of the other deciding factors why I took it out aside mm-hmm. from the threats is mm-hmm. that um, some female friends were messaging me, mm-hmm. DMing, saying, "Hey, uh, FYI, uh, we understand where you're coming from. We totally get you, or I totally get you. They're one on one, or I, to- I totally get where you're coming from." But as a woman reading you know, thinking about this whole situation and thinking about the sexual alleg- the, the sexual assault allegations on Kobe, mm-hmm. sometimes it could be a little bit difficult, to be honest. Mm. And then another one said, um, you know, like, if you've gotten in, if you've been in the wrong end of that, yeah, it's a little bit difficult, even though, let's say, he wasn't, you know, there was, he wasn't the, convicted. He wasn't convicted. Mm-hmm. It still could be a difficult a conversation to have mm-hmm. and i think uh, reading you know communicating with them about uh that situation um made me realize all right maybe maybe this isn't the maybe this isn't the, the, uh, the forum the forum to right to to have this discussion Mm-mm. so okay. i have a very unpopular opinion but go ahead okay. because in I understand how your female friends felt and I under you know I I I fully empathize with that sentiment that they have but this is not a man who was famous for actions like these mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um unlike for example Bill R. Cosby Kelly, or Bill Cosby R Kelly right you know they've mm-hmm. had scandal after scandal mm-hmm. within the same context this is like a one-off case you know it's not like he was famous for mm. allegations like these right it's okay. not so it, it's been settled yeah. even his wife was has obviously come to terms with it and forgiven him mm-hmm. so to bring it up on the day of his death yes and just like nico was saying their bodies weren't even retrieved yet right Rick Fox was still dead when these articles came out. But I'm so, so not right. If you're going to bring it up, maybe, you know, just like Jude said, some articles did have it, but it's like a short paragraph just so you're mm-hmm. in the know that this or is a all, link. Yeah. Or a link. No, but then that's to, why to, they were so to, angry because bakit ang liit ng content about the rape case. That's because what that's not about. what he was best known for. Yes, I mean that's like what Jelly said. I mean, okay, I saw this. I, I saw this quote just just before the podcast, and they were talk. Uh, somebody was on Instagram. It said something like, "If a man gets accused by many women of sexual assault, uh, uh, I don't know. If, a, if 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 many men called a woman a hoe, she is definitely a slut." But why is it that when many women call a man a rapist, they don't want to believe it? Yeah. And and I feel like this is exactly why. That's what Jelly's raising at this point, which is we don't see a lot of people, a lot of women saying that. We're, we're talking an isolated, as, as far as we know, an isolated case, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't speak of his whole, it doesn't occupy a lot of his life. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's not the thing that we kept seeing 
What yeah, we kept seeing like was a Harvey his performance. Who's had numerous cases against him. And if we're going to follow Nico's train of thought earlier was the intention. So you have to ask, what is the intention of someone who would say, oh, but wait, while well, you're celebrating what he has done and his greatness. Well, you remember he he was accused of rape. Mm-hmm. So what's the intention? Parang, is it to, hey, everybody die down with the grief mm-hmm. because he was also but accused remember, of rape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the intention? We have uh-huh. to fill in the blanks as to what the intention might be. Because it is... Un, I think it's stupid to say to people, don't feel the loss mm-hmm. because he had he this, this case. Uh-huh. It, it doesn't, it sounds funny to me. Right. Like, yeah. right. stop, stop the grieving, everybody. Yeah. Okay, or the just, whole world, not take it down a notch because your he yeah, did. Uh, uh-uh. Or second, that, he, well, he deserved it because he raped somebody. What is the intention of saying that? right now exactly. that which is why the news uh the news outlets did it right in my opinion which is to say the story find a link and if the reader feels compelled then, click it so you can see the whole picture right, right. absolutely yeah. and uh, the, the way i see it is while you know well, well, well any good deed that you do we're not keeping score here. It's not a basketball game as far as, mm-hmm. you know, mistakes and good things that you do. Um, of all the good thing, all the good things that Kobe has done in his life, they don't obviously take away from the bad things that he's done, whether those are yep. small bad things or big bad things, bad things that are real, bad things that are alleged, bad things that we can prove, bad things that we'll never know mm-hmm. about because right. guess what? There's there's an NDA that's signed yeah. um, around mm-hmm. it that you know we'll never know the details of. Um, so I don't want to be perceived as someone who is sitting here saying, but he's done so much good, mm-hmm. therefore that right. part must be ignored. Mm-hmm. That's I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the opposite. I'm, I'm saying... Learn as much about the man as as you can, you can. and if right. if you objectively learn about Kobe Bryant, the man, his journey, how at every single step yeah. of his life, his basketball career, his personal life, he's made mistake after mistake right. and has done the work to get better afterwards. Yeah. There's this not to go back to basketball, but there's this famous story where he plays in Miami, has a bad game, mm-hmm. and after the game, goes back onto the court. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, they're all dressed up. They're leaving to go home. They hear basketball bouncing. They look on their home floor, and it's Kobe Bryant shooting jump shots, mm. um, which made them change their clothes, go back to the locker room. They're like, he's not going to outwork us on our own court. Nice, nice. But that is, mm. that to me is the symbol of what he's done his entire life. Yeah. Um, failed at basketball, came back, played better the next day, um, you know, won three championships, shot air balls, won three championships, failed relationship with Shaq, won two championships, you know, later on, wasn't there a lot for his family, dedicated himself to being a family man afterwards, mm-hmm. um, got entangled in the whole sexual assault case, became a champion for women and women's yep. sports yeah. um, for the second half of, of his career. Right. At every single point, this man has failed. Yes. And at every single point, he's put in the work, the the Mamba mentality, the famed, you know, stupid, irrational, excessive work ethic to get better. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. If you look at the entirety of his life, 
objectively and you see all those stages and if still after that what you're hung up on is Colorado in 2005 and you feel like that's the biggest part of that man I don't know what you're looking mm-hmm. at but yeah. at the same time you know fine I can't tell you what to feel but at the same time you can't sit there and tell me this is what's this is what struck me so therefore it's what should strike you yeah. I'm, like I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. There's yeah. just too much. There's, there's no. I agree. Too much outside of that for me to skip out on, on. the impact that he's had. That's right. Yeah. I, I agree. But, but is, isn't that the question of our time right now? That is the question of our of our time at this pre- present moment when we are all our lives are going on. Mm-hmm. None of us have done it right all the way. Correct. True. But what? Who who's to say that we should be judged by one action, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is it, it? Are we supposed to be judged just by just because of one bad thing we did? Mm-hmm. If ito panga, you know, we we don't really know that the 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 details of it because it was settled out of court, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's maybe another episode where. That's a that's a really good question, and that question I think is coming up over and over as we see people pass on, great people, but not blameless by any means. Right. So does the one bad thing that they did negate everything that they've done good? Mm-hmm. If yeah. they have done 10% wrong, is the 90% bad? If they've done 50% right, 50% wrong, is, it, is that everything? negated? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. But maybe it's... So I, I just... Go ahead, go. No, no, I was just saying, maybe it's also, it tells more about the person who wrote the article or mm. or made the post yeah. than, that's right. than Kobe, right? Yeah. It's, it's possible right. that it's... That's, that's true. That's what it uh, shows. Right. And, and I think, and, and, and I know, you know, um, I get where other women might be very, very triggered by it, um, by the lack of attention, it, they think it should get, you know, especially if you are a victim yourself and you feel this, you know, and maybe a part of you will be able to empathize or they, you think you're empathizing with the victim, um, the alleged victim and how she might be think, feeling now. Mm. And, and we like as a woman, I don't want to say I'm not taking anything away from that. Right. But I really agree with Nico. And he summarizes that fact like you have to take his whole life in its entirety, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was so very obvious that he changed for the better. I mean, towards the end of his life, he was a family man. He was a daddy's girl. He was so intertwined with with women and their, you know, uh, projection upwards. It's like, how could you look at that? Yes, it was a horrible thing because I really took a deep dive into that, the whole case. I mean, I saw the, the press con again and I read up on the case again. And, you know, if you think, like objectively, if I, if I would assume I'm saying I'm this fucking hot NBA player, I can get whatever I want. You know, it's like, it's like you're given the world. You're this young kid. You're given the world. You have nothing to stop you. Maybe it happened. You know, how she said it. Maybe this encounter happened. And... But it's so very obvious that he learned his lesson. Yeah. 
And he's made so up for it. So very obvious. It's not like you can't, you can't, you have to say that he did. He learned his lesson. He got better. He became a better person because of this. And I'm saying this as a woman. Yeah. And I get you. I, I get the people who will be very, very triggered with this, you know, because they, because they're victims themselves. And, you know, um, but, but also I, the, insen- the the sensitivity chip is missing. <laughs> uh, to borrow the words of Jennifer Aniston, mm. a sensitivity chip is missing. That's what you have to say when someone just died. Mm-mm. Right, right. Mm. Uh, there will be a proper time. A, a documentary will cover yeah, that. Don't worry. These articles will have, will have links, mm. right? Yeah. So for me, it's just a sensitivity. The man had just died. We haven't even confirmed. Local authorities haven't even confirmed it. But we know 90% it's mm. probably true. So for me, intention-wise and timing, I'm not taking anything away from any woman who has had this experience, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's it's also something to say that there are there is another situation happening. We're not asking people to turn a blind eye yeah. to that, uh-uh. but it's just that the timing was just off. It was just so insensitive. Yeah. But I guess, but maraming ganon eh, maraming contrarian naman talaga eh. I mean, if everybody's going left, one person wants to go right. Mm-mm. Just to be different. Sometimes, Eva. And, and online, you see many of them, right? Um, but that's another... Maybe we can ask their opinions later about the cancel culture. <laughs> so that's, what, that's what this is hinting at. The cancel culture that we're, we're going through, uh, through right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just want to ask Nico's, Nico and Gino's um, uh, opinion about... I saw this clip about... Uh, Kobe when he was about to retire and he had answered a question where he said you know he meditates and when he meditates his mind goes to basketball all the time bar none until one time it didn't and that's when he knew it was time and I felt such like a breakup because this is the man who who wrote Dear Basketball who said he was in love with the sound of a ball hitting the a wooden floor I mean, he was in love with the sport. And to just say at one point, his mind didn't go there anymore. It was like heartbreaking. And I didn't even know his whole life with the basketball, right? I know very little. But what was it like when you guys were to cover his retirement on a personal note? Like, I, I guess, I, I guess, are you guys, how did you take his retirement? Not well. I got a stupid tattoo. <laughs> you got a 60 tattoo. <laughs> and as you said, you were kind of drunk on his last game, right? Yeah, so James, I mean, you take this one. We know how it went for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for me, it was, it was welcoming, mm. to be honest with you. Um, being a lifelong Laker fan and watching them be in purgatory for how many years uh, after the Achilles, after he tore his Achilles, uh, yeah. To me, that was, that was really his last game. To be honest, like the sixty was a swan song. It was a, mm. it was a encore. Uh, but his final game yeah. as prime Kobe Bryant was the, the you know the game that he tore his Achilles, walked back on the floor, hit the two free throws, beat the Warriors, qualified for the playoffs, um, and after that, it was just difficult being a Kobe fan and a a Laker fan because they were just so bad. Mm. They were just. <laughs> Mm. It was to the point that I would watch games. And I wouldn't even look at the score. I would just, I would just watch it because they're You're in shame. They would, what happened with me was they would be playing, 
like they're playing the Kings right now. Yeah. Uh, but let's say, for example, they were playing the Warriors or they were playing any of the better teams in the league. Yeah. I'd be watching replays from 2009 <laughs> at the same time. So people ask me, what are you doing? Watching the Laker game. What's the score? I was like, they're beating, they're beating Orlando by eight. And they're, like, yeah. they're playing so the Blazers today. I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> Denial. Denial. But in a sense. What is this to keep the passion burning yeah. in you? Yeah. <laughs> well, in a sense, it was, it was, it was, I, I was looking forward to his, to his retirement in that sense, because mm-hmm. I, I was, they, the, the team couldn't move on with him still there. Mm-mm. And the reason why, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that they had, they gave him the two extra years, knowing that he already ruptured his Achilles and it was going to be difficult for him to come back, um, was to pay back for everything that he's done for that organization. Mm-hmm. Plus, they closed a deal with Spectrum Sports for the for the ca- the cable deal with the Lakers. That Spectrum, you know, made a deal like, hey, if Kobe's not part of this, we're not going to give you this amount of money. So right. yeah. <laughs> obviously, he, that he had to play. Oh, okay. uh, so yeah, I mean, I I totally um, welcome that that retirement. It was time. Um, he's achieved it's enough. Uh, so it wasn't that difficult in that sense. Also because. Uh, <laughs> in a way that I know at that, that age, because we're the same age. And I was like, I, I don't even play basketball anymore. Like how, can, <laughs> like, how, how is he still, you, you know what I mean? So it's intensity. Like, yeah. So it's like, it's time. It, it, mm-hmm. it really was time for him to, to, to walk away. I, I, I remember we ran into each other and talked about it yeah. right after, yeah. before Dear Basketball was an, you know, Academy Award winning animated mm-hmm. short when it was just this poem that he had written to announce his return. Retirement. Mm-mm. I remember I ran into to Gino. I think at the parking lot uh, at the building where he lived. Um, I wasn't stalking him. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, but, you wanted to be in the shrine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think we ran into each other. Like, hey, so Kobe's retiring. But our mood was kind of like, you know, you know, beans, bean. I mean, you know, Kobe's Kobe, but. It hasn't been good, man. <laughs> it hasn't been the Kobe that yeah, we know. Yeah. It was 21 wins yeah. his second Prime to the Kobe. last season, 17 wins in the final the season. Final season yeah. uh, plus our, our salary cap could not handle another Kobe yeah. contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to get good again. Yeah. Uh, plus he'd play 20 years. 20 yeah, years. What more do you want? Was he yeah. cranky Kobe already by yeah. then? Uh, no, he, no he, was, he was opposite. He was, yeah, he wasn't cranky anymore. That was a problem. He started being nice to everybody. But, oh, and, and and that was it, right? So when you saw him being nice to everyone, it was like, like you're like, okay, he's really walking away. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you knew right then and there. Mm-hmm. It's like he's giving all the interviews that you ask for. He's wow. talking to everybody, and you're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like he's come to terms with it. Mm, but what a great shift! I mean, for a man to like that's that that's your life, and then to say, okay. He was already shifting then. He's already shifting yeah. and when, I'm gonna em- was, I'm gonna embrace this. Yeah, so that's that's the other thing about, about Kobe Bryant was he he had he's so shrewd. Um he had all this planned out. Yeah, absolutely. The the poem obviously yep. it was no? just some regular announcement. Um during that final season, you know, Zach Lowe was a journalist, so, you know, he has a story where Kobe was making cold calls to to John Williams saying you have to make the music for, really? you know, this animated mm. short I'm doing, wow. which, you know, John Williams did and they won an Oscar for it. Um, he was making um, cold calls to J.K. Rowling because he just wanted to get tips on writing, writing. 
meant and he released a fantasy novel about magic and basketball. He does, yeah. Um, well, he's, he has one. he's supposedly uh, writing something with Paulo Coelho. No yeah. more now. Yeah. Yeah. But Which yeah, Paulo Coelho is throwing in the trash, I think. Yeah. He said he did. I hope he didn't. Um, I hope he, he didn't. You, you look at, you, if you he watch... He said Kobe when he was... <laughs> when he threw away the garbage. <laughs> when he's like empty trash. <laughs> Kobe sweet you, Nico. 33. I don't During his last game, if you watch it, he's got a... He's got a body armor towel on yeah, him yeah. from pregame. Body armor is oh. this uh, energy drink that he's an investor in. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to do that because Gatorade is the official partner of the league. Worldwide partner yeah. of the NBA. But since, but, but since That's hey, it's my last game. Might I know as the well. camera is going to be on me. Might as well have my new company, yeah. my new drink. <laughs> what are they going to do anyway? Find it? Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. And, and you know... That, that's that's exactly right. That was the exact thing I was saying my entire last year at Magic when I said I was going to leave at the end of the year. I was like, "Where are you going to do? Fire me." Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's for a different time. Wait a minute, you're not on radio anymore. No, no. Oh my oh. gosh, oh, we're going to have to ask you about that. And, and then, oh, we have another hour. <laughs> and then the last thing he said was Mamba out. Yep. Yeah. By the time he said it, had already had it trademarked. No, he had already so had Mamba out serious? trademarked. There were T-shirts when you walked out of Staples that said oh. "Mamba out" that you could buy, and I'm like, "Well, he planned it. He planned everything. He knew it was going to happen." And then but you he, know what? Didn't he also uh, pa- uh, uh, apply for the patent for Mamba Sita? Yeah, yeah, for for Gigi. Yeah, for Gigi. You yeah, know what's, so what's he, he did plan everything. What, what's scary is what um, Tracy McGrady said. If you saw that, say? if you saw that interview, Mm-mm. he said. Well, of course, this was them talking as kids, as like yeah. teenagers. Mm-mm. Like he, he said that Kobe told him like um, that Kobe wanted to die early. He wanted to die young so that he will be immortalized. No, he said those, he said those <laughs> words, and then and then T Max said, obviously that was before he became a father. That's became right, before he right. all all of this, right? Mm-hmm. We were kids yeah. when, when when he said that. Mm-mm. But you know, it's crazy that he even thought it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's it. That you know, you see it on court, physically, visibly. It's the bravado that took him to where he, so that the heights. You know, you have to have that. Confidence. See, that's why I wanted to ask you too, because he's been on the record that he has to bring this personality on the basketball court. But then there are two sides to it that yeah. one that he doesn't let everybody see that we probably saw a lot of because he's not playing he's not playing mind games anymore he's not trash talking everybody mm. anymore and is 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 that the side that he always had that we didn't see when he was a basketball player well when, when you were talking to him maybe right. I don't know was it there was it evident was it when he was chit chatting as opposed to the other NBA, NBA, NBA players, players who came through here who were probably aloof I don't know I, right. No, yeah, the, how no, was he? No, Kobe is For the, the picture real. of charisma. Yeah. I mean, he is the yeah. most, he'll make you feel so special. Like he, he he's the, he's the look you in the eye type yep. of guy when okay. he talks to you. Um, when, you know, any conversation, you know, I've had what, two hours with him. You know, Gina's talked to him uh, a couple of times more, but when he talks to you, he's talking to you. Yeah. You see it in the press conferences, wow. someone, someone talks to him, someone asks a question in Spanish, he'll answer in Spanish. Yep. Mm. Um, and see Lou Williams, one of his teammates during his later years gave this quote the other day. Lou yeah. Williams said, he once told Kobe, he's like, I'm on to you. I'm on to you. And Kobe's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, you try to act like you're this badass 
but you're really secretly like one of the nicest guys in the world. Mm. He's like, you're just, you're putting on a front about, you know, being mean, being, you know, arrogant, yeah, stuff I like know. that. He's like, you're really a nice guy. Mm. And then reporters ask him, what did Kobe say to that? Kobe said, bullshit. And they walked <laughs> away. Uh, I think, I think, I think that's what he, well, I think he took every advantage on the basketball court. Yeah. And if intimidation, if me being mean to you and me intimidating you mm. as an opponent is going to give me a little bit of an edge, if me being mean to you as a teammate is going to push you to work a little harder, yeah. then I'll, I'll, I'll take it, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll, I'll use it. That's, he had this interview with, with Ahmad Rashad, right, uh, in his final year, and he said that, wait, was it Ahmad? Yeah, it was, it was Ahmad. And he said that, you know, what you see on the court is, is what I do, it's not who I am. Right. Ah. Uh. So it's very, I mean, it's different. I mean, it's... Different. Uh, Nico's right. When you when you are talking to him, when you are interviewing him, when you are just chatting with him, he really has that that focus on you, and it's 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 not like that with all the players that you talk to and interview. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I'm not saying he's the nicest person on earth, right? Mm-hmm. He's not the coolest. Like he's not the one that I I, I got along with in terms of. Um, the most like we're joking around or whatever uh but it's it's definitely it's not he's not that as as yabang and arrogant as people imagine him to be all the time Mm. there's another side of of him Mm. that's a lot softer and i think we saw that uh towards the the end of his career and we definitely saw that post nba yeah with his family nice you know, when he passed away, I, I was thinking, why would the universe take somebody who is doing so much with his life mm-hmm. to impact others? And I, I got in touch with my mentor, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, and he was with his daughter. And it led me to think that Kobe and Gigi sort of like took a fall to teach and to remind dads and daughters mm. out there mm-hmm. to really work on their relationship. Mm. I mean, after Kobe's death, I saw how Rhoda was with Juliana. Mm-mm. You know, like now he's really making an effort mm. to bond with her and to come up with all these little plays that they have. And I came across several dads who were posting that they didn't want to go to work. They just wanted to be with their kids. They wanted to be with their daughters. So it felt like he and Gigi took a fall, took one for the team, so that many of the dads and daughters really work on their relationships. And I feel like maybe, especially for the fans, Mm -hmm. that's something you can really think about as well. So his life and Gigi's life also won't go to waste. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know your... You don't have a great relationship with your daughter right now. This is a good time to start working on it. And I also think, you know, in the bigger picture, just in general, like, mm-hmm. you know, you realize, like Del said earlier, you realize that how life, you don't have control over it True. at all. So you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or in a split second. There's a quote that came out of uh, <clears throat> just coming home, leaving and then coming home is such a blessing. Yeah. You don't even realize it until mm-hmm. that happened. I think my main takeaway from all of this is like, you know, well, they, you're just shown what humanity is and and how you should be really appreciative every day i mean you say people say that all the time you know you see quotes about it all the time but this for reasons known and unknown it really hits close to home to 
everybody. And I think that's why everybody's so affected. It's like, okay, I'm going to say I love you to you. You know, I appreciate you guys for coming here today. I'm nicer to my mom. (laughs) I'm not going to poke a fight with her. I'm nicer to Al. You know, I'm more understanding of my son when he makes a mess. All those little things that you need constant reminder of. This is just one big in your face reminder. Okay, son, it doesn't go away. Son, you don't have to be reminded about it anymore. Uh, You know, you take life as is. This is it. This is the moment. And be grateful and be present for it. Yeah, you know, I I think that's what he that's what he teaches. You know, I think that's what his death teaches. You know, you I think you I think it's always so easy to question. Um, Man, I'm not sure I have the answers to it right now. You know, like, you know, why? Why him? You know, why? Why Gigi and two other young girls? You know, well, like, I mean, you know, like if if everything's according to your plan, God, like, you know, then then what's the plan here? Because re- I'd really like to know this one. Like, you know, like uh, I, I want to know what you got for us. Did, did you all see that meme with Duterte going into a helicopter? <laughs> Sorry, we don't have any filters here, Deba, but there was a really bad meme. But why God? Yeah. But, but I, I, I but think I that's exactly what people who lose people mm. go through, what Nico said. I mean, uh, it, it, all of us has, has probably experienced loss. And that's really what plagues us after someone close to you has passed. Why? I can't see the big picture. Why? This is a life uh, that still has a lot more to live. What We're still waiting on how many more decades of his life to unfold, and the story is done. At such a point where he seemed to have been starting a new chapter. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, you're right, it's a good reminder. And I can't, I mean, Nico, your, your post on Instagram was like ins- that his death had inspired you to somehow hopefully become a girl dad someday. I mean, I've never heard people talk like that. And, yeah. and it's these... Some, we have a brush with greatness all the time. And, and Gino and Nico, you came so close to the greatness that we all now mourn, right? You guys are part of a special group who've come across him, like especially Filipinos. And it's really that, that it's the greats that remind us of the most basic universal truths, mm-hmm. which is we will all die. Yeah. <laughs> and that it's this fragile moment. It's this space between the light being born and dying that counts. And if you do so much good in that space between live being born and dying, you know, this is, that's what life is all about. You can't stop yourself from being born. You can't stop yourself from being from dying, but the middle part, that's where the living and what we can share with each other really you know takes place and we're all inspired it's so odd that his death would inspire us all to become better at whatever thing we do we're not all basketball players but for some reason his death kind of inspired us in our in our own lives yeah i don't see many people doing that right i agree right. Yeah. i agree and, and and you know like i you know i'm a i'm a man of faith so i would while i don't necessarily understand what God's plan is exactly for for this to happen and why this is his will. I am fully aware of its effect on me mm. and it is completely under my control to do what I can with it. Um, whether that is 
being nicer to other people or, you know, whether that is telling people you, you love that you love them um, or, you know, whether it's, you know, trying to, as, you know, as, as he said, try to go for 60, you know, every day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like for me, like for Kobe to have died for nothing would be the greatest would be an even greater tragedy yeah. Uh, yeah. than him just passing yeah. away, not being able to put in work. You know what I mean? Um, so, and, and, and you're right. There's, mm, there's pressure on me because I did meet him because I do have this, this great story. And if I don't live with, it's so cliche to say, but if I don't live with mama mentality, then that's, that's a shame. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, yeah. uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's a misuse of, of the gift of, of what you've been given. Um, and if I can make sense of at least that for, for right now, then, you know, that's, that's, I think that's what I've got. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, that's the very little that some of us have, have, have gotten, you know, we just try to get to get to the next day. Right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so nice. Audible but sigh. I, audible sigh. I know, but but I want to thank these gentlemen for spending their Sunday morning yes, with us guys, to talk thank about you so something much. like this. I mean, again, no hesitations <laughs> to guess. Thank you very much. Of course. Yeah, oh yeah, I, so, I, I was uh, I was bribed with a uh, with a butt squeeze from Jude, and yeah. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I, how many? How many do you want? I was promised three, <laughs> but the third one I had to give to you, so I was like, I am in. You got I told him, are you there. okay <laughs> with just hugs from us and a <laughs> massive thank you? And some sweet X. <laughs> the sweet X came in later on. <laughs> uh, so but we, you know, just like uh, just like what has what we are talking about, time is so precious. So for you to spend two hours and ten minutes with us on our podcast seems a treasure. So thank you so much, guys, for helping us process. You know the 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 tragedy of his death and how it affected all of us. So thank you so much. Thank you, Gino. Thank you, Nico. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, now you're going to have a problem because me and Gino are going to show up here now. Sunday morning. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, guys? Right. Got burgers? Yeah. <laughs> we want more sweet ecstasy. <laughs> 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 no. We should have no, you guys in the male perspective. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so special. This is the first time. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I do want to, I do want to say though that that um, while this aren't the best circumstances and the best you know topic to you know, to be talking about, and while it is very very heavy, the 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 radio you guys are not going to like this, but the radio fanboy in me um, <laughs> is is chopping at at the bit to to have, to have been here today and to share a conversation uh, on the microphone with you know with with, with the four of you. I you know I've. I, I told you you were gonna hate this. I grew up a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Nico, let me see, let me now echo Kobe and say bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <laughs> no. You guys, you guys know this to be true. Uh, you know, for 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 a kid who wanted to be on, for a kid who wanted to be on radio, it was it was you guys that you know I was I was listening to and uh, I was I was following along and even when I was doing uh, radio, um, it was it was you guys being super gracious uh, you know maybe this is a little kobe-esque but uh the fact that that you guys were so so gracious about what you thought of of 
us young DJs when we were doing well. I think it's so easy to be an OG and say, you know, they're not like us in our time. You know, it's different now. But, but you know, I I didn't ever get that once from you guys. It was always compliments. It was always constructive. It was always, you're so good. I heard no. you, you know. Because you are, Nico. Yeah, but... Yeah, but But it's difficult to say that. Tyler, you know? uh, Tyler. No, he was Tyler. No, I remember. I remember. I remember. Boom! Once, 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 saying I was. I was really. I was still Tyler. And he's like, oh, see, see, Jude. No, 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 no. Okay, I was like, what? We played well. We played well, uh, right? Yeah, Gino, yeah. Gino Q. Yeah, and not Gino, not yet. Not, not Gino R. But, you know, that's. It's okay to. Th- it's one thing to think that of 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 younger people. It's another thing to go out <laughs> of your way um, to say that um, to younger people. And you know, it, it fuels it fuels people. It it's uh, it's it's incredibly generous. So that's what Kobe did the the tail end of his career, and you mm-hmm. know, just started giving props and tips to, to all, all, the- all these all these young guys. And you know, I just I just wanted to say. Take the time and, and, Aww, and say thanks. Thanks, Nico. But I think you know what? Um, uh, to just reciprocate it, we wouldn't have told you those things if you it know, was you, unfounded. If you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, she'd tell you you'd suck. Oh, I would. But I would tell you if yeah, you did. She, she's like but, that. <laughs> but I guess. Oh, I don't know. I'll double down. I'll double down. Okay, uh, go. Because no, I, rem- I remember when I said yes to your guesting on Mo Show, right, Nico? Yeah. And of course, this was like a moment for he and I and for some radio people. And now it's like, so Nico was there behind the board. Uh, uh, Mo and I were at it. And Nico was quiet the whole time. And so at the back of my mind, I was like, why is he on his computer? These millennials, my God. <laughs> But he was watching the game, he, right? he was Yeah, watching. but yeah, no, because he didn't, he didn't side with Mo. He didn't side with me. For the most part, he was quiet. And then there was this this part of the three three hours that we were on that he just kind of like he paused for a break. But before he did that, he recapped everything mm-hmm. that had been I heard uttered that. between Mo and I. Yep. I and fan. I was like, oh, shit. Nakikinig pala siya. Because <laughs> 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 it was like, I really thought with a, if I were just to read, because I didn't really, I haven't seen you at work on the radio. I could hear you, but I never saw how you looked. So it seemed to me, ay, parang hindi siya interested. Siguro nga, for the young ones, this is not really a radio moment. So I said, mm, he's not interested. But when you gave the recap, I was like, oh, he was really listening. This guy's <laughs> really good. He didn't even miss a beat. Yeah. So I remember that. That's my house. That's, this is, yeah. this that's is what, my turn what, to make you feel uncomfortable. No, that's, that's what I used to do at school. Was I, I, I'd get to school and I was like, hey, do you hear the morning show today? <laughs> so this is what happened. <laughs> this is what they talked about. Oh, my God. It's already recap. Okay. But you know, when we were, when we were thinking about doing the show... 
and we knew we had to do a show about this. And I was like, okay, who? And this is before, I, like, we were texting, you know, mm. I'm like, who am I going to get? Uh, who am I going to reach out to to talk? And then really the, the, the first person on my list was Gino. I was like, I, I mean, I'm kind of friends with him. So we're friends on Facebook. <laughs> you know, he says hi to me outside. <laughs> he likes my burgers. I'm going to message him. And then, and then I said, okay, aside from Gino, you know, who else can we invite? Because we should have this, like, round table talk. And you were also uh, the second. Sorry, Gino came first. And then and then just serendipitously, uh, Jelly was like, oh, you know, let's reach out to them. I said, I said, I ask. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank oh, you so for much for your insight, yeah, thank you. for your stories about Kobe. Um, because like Del said, you know, we're just like, we've never had any encounter with him and we're just like chomping at the bit to, to get all this information and how this person was when he was alive. Mm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, so. You wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what you guys are going to take out of this, but time is really precious and it's, it's the only currency we really have in life. Yeah. that how, we don't even know how many years we get. And just to echo Ellen, you never know how many birthdays you get. Mm -hmm. So um, again, for people who spend time talking to you and the quality of a conversation we had with Gino and Nico today, thank you so much. Uh, and for the listeners who would be happening, would be uh, clicking on this mm -hmm. podcast, thank you for your time. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you get to eavesdrop on the next episode. But for now, this has been The Eavesdrop. My name is Delamar. Jelly here. And I'm Francesca. We out. <laughs> we out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.